following podcast may be explicit. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con playing for four days straight. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene it can wait. We got ourselves a game con, our games after fun. And we'll be playing all the night till morning sun. Thank you for joining us for Season 10 and 12, Episode 10 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Twin. I'm Maui. I'm Aya. And uh, all new people. Hi! All brand new people. <laughs> brand new. Even Stork took the day off, because there there's three of them. We miss you, Stork. We're, We're sad. Sorry. So, oh, they're trolling already. Are there girls yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, they're no. starting. The, and the chat room nope. is there, and we're live. If you'd like to listen to the show live, you can listen at happyjacks.org slash live. We record the show on Friday nights at 8.30 p.m.-ish Pacific time. Uh, and it's it, that's it. It's a load of fun. The Q&A is up, so I'll be checking that occasionally if you have any, any comments to make. And we'll be monitoring the chat room. And all that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Strategicon, the next ga- GameCon is Gateway 20... No. Yeah. G- Gateway 2014. And that's going to be Labor Day weekend. Uh, and you should go. So, uh, let's see. Well put. You guys are doing a Kickstarter. We yep. are. And I wanted to give you guys a chance on, uh, uh, first to talk about that. Sweet. Awesome. So, it. go. <laughs> Uh, we're doing a Kickstarter for a webcomic that we're getting started that is about tabletop. Uh, so this seemed like the right place to plug it. Uh, it is called True Neutral. Uh, it is at uh, truenutralcomic.com is our main website. Or you can check out the Kickstarter directly at tinyurl.com. TN Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, it's going to be you know kind of your standard talking about the players in the game. And <clears throat> most of them are creative professionals and they're, they're real life trials but also the players, obviously the PCs in-game, and the epic world. Um, I, I have built the world that is what I do. We have Maui, who's an excellent writer um, on the team. She has written and published a few things before, including uh, a book with Neil Gaiman. And uh, Aya, who's our wonderful and brilliant artist, and we are hoping to turn it into also more of kind of a, an ARG an transmedia thing, which is why we're kickstarting it. We need a to have a website designed that can actually handle being able to, to function more like an ARG. Um, and none of us are web designers, so we need to hire someone who is. Um, so that's that's what we're hoping to do. We want to add in all kinds of crazy puzzle elements and people being able to solve things as readers to be able to unlock additional content. In which fact, is, we already did. <laughs> we won't say anymore. But there yep. are achievements on the Kickstarter, too. Like. Yep. For extra content. A game? Within a game? Wow. How could this be? <laughs> Gameception. So there you go. That's our Kickstarter. Yep. True neutral. Yeah. And Check what's, it out. What's the, what's the URL again? Uh, it's tinyurl.com TN Kickstarter. It'll take you right to the page. Yeah. Okay. Um, rather than listing out letters and numbers of the Kickstarter. We're also on Facebook under True Neutral Comic. Yep. And Twitter at um, True Neutral CMC. You're the one who's... Like set the thing she up. How do you remember never the remember Twitter. the Twitter name? Because I don't use Twitter. <laughs> Shh, it's fine. Uh, I'll set up. A, I'll set up a link so people can also go to happyjacks.org/slash/true-neutral and we'll set have it forward Woo. to that party. So, Thank you as well. So you remember, you can remember that as well. Awesome. And I'll and I'll do a spell check. Neutral spelled with an e. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Right? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. what I thought. N-U-T-R-A-L. 
I just realized I can actually burp into this microphone. Yes, I was yes, so you can. Yeah, yeah, these are these are podcast microphones. These, these are meant to be. These, yeah. I was like, I'm, oh, I'm going to burp. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, you right. So now, when we're we're talking outside before the show, and I, I kind of thought I want. I, I've wanted to do an episode on LARPing, and you guys all LARP, and you're all very involved in LARPing. So I kind of wanted to talk about it, Um, because, I mean, the closest thing I I did to that was in high school, a very long time ago, probably before any of you were born. I hear pterodactyls (laughs) calling in the distance. (laughs) I did a uh, uh, killer game in high school and got a lot of trouble for it. It was was great. Got called to the principal's office. Oh, no. As like you, a junior, which where is you, of ridiculous. course, planted one of the various mm-hmm. bombs <laughs> yeah. in his office. Really? I, was <laughs> running, I was the GM. I was running it. I wasn't actually oh, a, a participant in it. That happened to me a lot, but never for LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I and and someone like threw me under the bus and said, "Oh well, yeah, I'm doing it, but he's organizing it." So. Oh, no. I don't remember that who that was. Um, but that's about as close as I ever came to LARPing, and I've seen. Uh, I mean, uh, one of our regular contributors, Tyler, uh, used to organize a vampire LARP uh, a long time ago. And, you know, I, I got him a copy of, you know, there's a Champions LARP book now. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Hero System Champions? Mm-hmm. The, hero su- system, the superhero okay. the, su- the superhero yeah. game. Yay! So there's now a superhero LARP. Yeah. So I got really excited about that. So I bought the book for him, and I said, "Dude, you got to do this at the Game Con because I'm going to have we'll have all the hosts play supervillains, oh and God. we'll all have super suits. Yes, and it's going to be great. But we don't, I don't anything about it, you know. That's and amazing. he's like, "Okay," and then it died, and that's like a year ago now. Yeah. So I does. Do you want help being a supervillain? <laughs> I, I I I think I'm naturally inclined mentally to be a supervillain. I don't. That's not the problem. <laughs> I only lack the powers. The bog father, it's true. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, but <laughs> but as far as the actual LARP, I know nothing about them at all. I mean, mm-hmm. at least what they are today. I mean, what they may have been back in the 1980s. Yeah, I probably had a, a fairly good idea. But today, <laughs> it's become a whole much bigger thing. And I kind of like. First off, I'd like to talk about for for if someone <clears throat> were to get involved into a LARP, a how would they how would they go about finding one? And what and B, what can they expect when they go into one? I mean, it's probably different from group to group and from system it to is. system. And there are there are specific <laughs> game systems in them, I'm assuming, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Each each LARP tends to have its own rule set. Okay. Uh, honestly, if somebody wanted to get involved in LARPing at this point, the first thing that they could do somewhat amazingly is just type in LARPs for their area in Google. And yeah. a bunch of stuff will come up. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy to find now. Meetup's good for that, too. Yeah. You just go to Meetup and ask it, like, where are LARPs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are LARPs in Central Park that you can look up on Meetup. Yeah. And oh, okay. In. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. There's also, I mean, honestly, if you are in Southern California where we are, there are like 9 million LARPs, but there, there are plenty all throughout the East Coast and Europe and everywhere else. And you can usually Google them. If you are local to where we are, feel free to contact us. We can recommend you where you want to go. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, We know a couple. There's a variety. Mostly I'd I'd look into it and and see where where whatever uh, local area has a LARP for you and then get in touch with the game master who plot staff who's running it first. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I usually recommend if somebody has really no idea what they're doing for LARP at all, 
and they just want to come try it out, come NPC the first time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have NPCs in, in games, right? So LARP is the same way. You have the, the staff, who are the people who write the game and, and write out the script and, and are sort of running it on site. Um, <clears throat> but then they have to have NPCs who come and play out various roles for them that are relevant to the story. <coughs> and um, So usually what you can do is just show up and be like, hey, I want to give this a shot, and they will have, depending on the LARP, maybe it's a heavy roleplay role, maybe you just swing boffer swords at them, Mm -hmm. maybe your personal plot for somebody, but they'll find something for you to do, and that's a way for you to try it out. Well, that's usually cheaper. Yeah. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Playing a game is usually a little more costly than actually NPCing it, and and it's... You should expect um, some LARPs are free. Mm-hmm. Some LARPs, yep. uh, especially the, the higher production ones that are specifically, this group gets together and runs this LARP. They rent out the area, they rent out all the props, or they make them and all of that and spend a, a great deal of time orchestrating this big thing. Some of them cost money. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them cost a good deal of money, like yeah. upwards of 80 bucks yep. for a weekend. But for a weekend. For a yeah. weekend. Wow. Yeah, you go in game on Friday night and you don't come out until Sunday morning. And usually, for the more expensive games, you are fed. Yes. Uh, oh, at, okay. During that. They'll, they'll feed you. Yeah. Um, they Some of them. tell you all of this. Not always, but they'll tell you beforehand. Um, but you showing up to NPC and get a feel for things, mm-hmm. you're going to find plot staff who are God. Mm-hmm. DM. <laughs> um, you're going to find uh, a lot of other people who, like career NPCs who've been doing it a while, who can always give you good advice. Being friendly and asking questions is the best thing ever. Um, and and yeah. that's all tied in with finding out what to expect. Yeah. Because you won't know until you ask. Yeah. And while you can probably find free LARPs in some areas, I do recommend... Uh, even if you find one that costs money, nine times out of ten, the main reason it costs money is because of insurance. Mm-hmm. They want right. to make sure that they're covered by insurance for obvious reasons. <coughs> we like insurance. Um, so, you know, usually if you show up to NPC, some of them will cost you like 10 or 15 bucks, and that's to make sure that they cover their own asses and don't mm-hmm. wind up getting sued or whatever. Which is not a bad idea if yeah. you're showing up in the middle of the woods with a bunch of people you've never met before to participate in live combat. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean... It's true. Uh, did we cover all of that? Yeah. You will also, I think, honestly find, for the most part, a group of friendly, inclusive people. Yeah. I the, every every group of people has a couple bad apples, but I personally am very secure in the knowledge that as a LARPer, I can go to any LARP game pretty much anywhere in the world and just say oh hey i larp in socal and people will be like hey good glad you're here nice to meet you everyone is so friendly Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone is so friendly and inclusive i've never encountered them not being that way it's because we're all geeks it's true yeah okay so now as far as 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 how it is organized and structured when i'm sitting at a table with players as GM, let's say, let's say we're playing mid game. We're not. There, there's no. There's no like pregame prep per mm-hmm. se. I've already got the world and I've got you know a plot thread going. Mm-hmm. I, I normally what I would do is I'd sit down and I say, okay, I'm gonna like kind of write myself a little synopsis of what happened last time, and then I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of <clears throat> like war game in my head where they might end up going. Mm-hmm. what they might end up doing in the next session. And then I'll like do a little bit of prep in each of those areas. Is that 
Is that how LARPs work as well? In part, it definitely <laughs> carries over. At least, I mean, part of the difference, like one of the one of the big differences, is that uh, you know when I DM, it's just me, and whatever whatever happens, I just roll with it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are running a, a LARP, nine times out of ten, unless it's a very small game or a, an unusual game, uh, you're going to have a plot staff. Like, yeah. for instance, we run a game, the three of us together, but it's all three of us. So then when something goes wrong, you, you either, usually you make a call on your own, but then you have to update your plot staff, so you all have to be on the same so page. So by something going wrong, you mean something, un- the players do something unexpected. unexpected. Something yeah. unexpected. <laughs> yeah, so that that's never fair. happens. No. Uh, always yeah. choose option Q. Yeah, uh, yeah. We actually also at gaming conventions occasionally give a panel about uh, running LARPs mm-hmm. and running compelling games. And one of the things that we tend to cover... Uh, first in it is rule number one, don't try to predict the players. Ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. We Which have a general idea of where we're going, and general idea of how we're going to get there, but it's up to the players to connect those dots that we lay down, mm-hmm. and if they decide that one dot went screaming off into the hills off that way and follow it, <laughs> we go, well, <clears throat> all right, that happened. Nope. I, I guess that's that. where I we're going. <laughs> I guess that's where we're going. Yes. Okay, well, it's, well, it's, it's similar where, where I, we, do sim- we do enough prep in advance where we think like okay so the players are probably going to take it down one of these three paths and have some general prep done for those but the of course the difference in LARP is that in, in D&D or, or any other kind of tabletop there's usually already rules laid out you can just sort of make it up as you go along and, and throw something out because the whole game is taking place in everyone's imagination and on pen and paper um, in a LARP because you have props and NPCs who need to be prepared it's a little rougher when you wind up going totally wildly off script which happens all the time um, but, <laughs> um, but you usually try to arrange it so that if there's something huge that you're having happen, like, you have to walk that line between making sure that it happens and railroading the players. Like, cause mm-hmm. obviously you still okay. don't want to. That, that, you're, you're, you're kind of touching on, on my next question is, when, if my players decide, oh no, we're not going to go to the tavern. Oh, fuck, I already prepped the tavern. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> great, where are you going to go? We're going to go to the piano bar. Is there a piano bar? Well... As a GM, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, sure, yeah, there's a piano bar. Mm-hmm. Okay, you go to the piano <laughs> bar. Who's the piano player? Now, for me, it, sitting at the table, that's easy. Yeah. I have a random name generator or a list of names, and I say, okay, Bob Smith is the piano player. And Bob Smith is fat and grumpy and kind of slow. Or whatever, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever the attribute is for him. Boom, I've got an NPC. I can run with it right like that. Mm-hmm. If you have people who are playing these NPCs for you, there's a, it seems to me there needs to be a lot more on-the-spot reactive preparation. Oh, very much. Yeah, How do you handle that? A lot of improv. Um, honestly, part of the way that you handle that in a, in a LARP is that, generally, a LARP is not going to be as free-range as a game is. Because they can't just say, okay, well, we're going to walk to the next town and go see what's going on over there. If you're holding the game at a campsite or in a park or whatever, you're like, well, okay, go ahead. Walk. Where are you going to go? <laughs> it's going to take you three days. You're just going to, alright, we'll game time down right now. Yeah. So, there, it's, it's real time. So right. And sometimes it happens where players are like, okay, well, if we decide to just walk to this next city, can we fast-forward time? Can you just pick up there? And then you and your plot staff decide how much exactly you want to improv right now. <laughs> Generally, what you're going to want to do is try and give them a reason to stay put. You mm-hmm. don't want them to be herring off randomly to the north because the stuff that's happening is here. It, this is where the game is. 
So you want to you wanna try to limit them a little bit while at the same time not making it seem like that's what you're doing. So there is kind of some passive railroading going on. Sometimes a little bit you have to. But part of it's also that a lot of the time the players, you don't have to because as long as there's something going on where they are, then the players will stay where they are. They, they also have to through. Yeah, they also have a premise when they arrive at game, so they know, like, oh, we're here to help these poor, unfortunate miners whose whole town has been overrun by gremlins. That's why we're here. So then they arrive, and that's what the game is about, and they stick around to resolve the problem, because that's what they were there for in the first place. Okay. Yeah. So, um, when they do decide to go screaming off into the hills, (laughs) and when we do decide to follow them... A lot of times, uh, one of the best things I think about our game anyway, especially, is that we have NPCs that we trust. Yeah. We tell all the NPCs when they show up, we're black. If we have specific roles, we'll give you the specific roles, either either right, you know, beforehand, we'll send you scripts, or we'll just say, hey, you know, Bob over here is a piano player and he's grumpy, and go. Um, Or... And okay. just send them off wearing, and here, have a piece of costuming. Here, funny yeah. glasses, go. Something that helps with that is to really develop the world yes. really well. Because usually when you're playing in, like, a, a D&D tabletop or something, you know right, nice. You know where, uh, where your setting is. And, you know, if the players say, like, okay, well, I'm just going to walk east on this road, where do mm-hmm. I go? You can answer that because you know. That's important to do in a LARP, too, because uh, if you have a... Um, well-developed world with rules and with uh, a well-developed story that you know where it's going. When the players go off the rails and decide to do something random, it's easier for you to improv because you're you're still working within the rules that you yourself has have set, and Good you can foundation. give that to your NPCs right. too. So th- that that's similar to tabletop when you're you're, you're going to improv and you're going to inform your improv by the amount of preparation and, and mm-hmm. game uh, game world development that you've yeah. done prior yeah. to it. Okay, it's just yeah. that you're sharing it with more people, basically. Right. Like that's that's the main difference. Is that so there's a lot more actual improv theater. Just so I kind of have a context, can you mm-hmm. describe the LARP that you guys what it is you do? <laughs> oh God, where do we start? <laughs> so the one that we run is called uh, Hunter's Moon. Which is uh, a it's a vampire werewolf style LARP, but instead of being like World of Darkness, we have made it a little more PVE. You know, it's it's not as, it's as player versus player oriented. It's it's basically what's the, PVE? Mean? Uh, sorry, player versus environment. Um, okay, <laughs> but it's um, instead of being as as player versus player as as some some World of Darkness games are, a, a lot of them. But um, so it's it's more. Uh, that these immortal races have have set aside their differences and are banding together to deal with. Um, there's a threat from the humans. There are some supernatural threats, and by they, so they have to to face the other enemies, the outside enemies. Um, so we've got our players are primarily immortals. Well, actually, they're all in immortals. a modern setting. In a yeah, modern setting, it's modern. Okay, <clears throat> which was an adventure in and of itself because <laughs> yeah. we started that one. Before there were really very many modern games running here in SoCal, and we well in our umbrella in our in our umbrella. umbrella. Well, there were, were some, but it's not. I think World of Darkness is one of the only ones yeah. at the time yeah. that was modern based, um, if I recall. And um, so it was, yeah, guns, <laughs> guns, the gun rules and were cars. new and different. And cars. I don't want to talk about cars. No, we don't want to talk about cars. Um, we had a chase scene. Yeah, it's <laughs> not scripted. No, it was the players like, got in their cars yeah. and left and chased the NPCs. And it's, there was a car chase in the middle of game one, and we were like <laughs> panicking. <laughs> so <laughs> going. How much does the insurance cost for that? No, so funny story. The, the person who actually uh, handles the insurance for uh, <laughs> for our game, there is now. 
a clause for cars in the insurance because of us. It's true. <laughs> About how they're not covered. He was there, saw it happen, and called his lawyer. Okay, when you, everyone when you give me your in, car keys. Yeah. Oh my God. When you check in for the game, you basically sign a waiver, and part of that waiver is now, if you do something with a car, it's your own damn fault. Yeah. Worst. You're not responsible for your car chase. Worst oh, five-minute heart attack I have ever had as GM. <laughs> Players, that was great. Oh, they still talk about it. They came walking down the street, they were like, oh my god, guys, that was the best encounter I've ever had. Meanwhile, That's we're all amazing. like... <laughs> this car, I set this car on fire, like, in-game. Yeah, yeah. they're like, oh my god, right. like, oh, they, this is so great, I can't believe you guys did something like this. Well, I'm, like, slowly... Yeah, no, I got out the paddles and started to revive Twin. <laughs> Wading through Claire. them, being like, yeah, great, thanks, I'm glad that you had a good time. Where the fuck are my NPCs and are they okay? <laughs> is everyone still alive? They took good it really god. seriously. Oh, uh, <laughs> god. But that's just an instance of everything going off the rails. But right. <laughs> yeah. But so ours is, is mostly, you know, people enter in as immortals, they figure out where they've been in the world, how they became an immortal, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and then wind up part of the player base, which our particular player base, even though it's um, not necessarily PvP, does have tend to have a lot of subgroups in it, mm-hmm. um, which you always have at least a little bit in pretty much any kind of gaming setting, but they're, they're more in some than others. And so in this one you have things... Like packs and clans and houses and blah blah blah. That's another thing. I mean, in, in one of the things they talk about in, in tabletop RPGs is it's a pain in the ass every time they split the party. But very yep. often in, in LARPs, you will have more than one party. Uh huh. Yeah, but luckily you have more than one GM. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yay! Which is why we use walkie talkies. Oh, you, yes. okay. I was gonna. How do you? I was gonna ask. How do you coordinate between the GMs? Are yeah. invaluable. Yeah, we yeah. love walkie talkies. I mean, we're usually at a campsite, so um, walkie. Are you are like plugged in? in yes. The, okay. Yes. All right. So we pretty game. much always have earpieces, and then um, when one of us is like, "Guys, something just went wrong." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's actually if crazy. you go to our Kickstarter and watch the video, <laughs> shameless plug. Um, <laughs> there's a picture of me and Aya jamming uh, okay. one of our hundreds yeah, game, and we both got the walkie talkies in. Yeah. Even though we're standing there like face to face, we've still both got our. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Off somewhere. As much as I, as much as I love uh, our game that we are running right now, I'm actually looking forward to when we can tie up this campaign so that we can run not a modern setting. <laughs> fantasy are settings running, are way easier. Are we know? running a fantasy setting? Yeah, when is that happening? Did I say we? Sorry, you said I go. <laughs> you do what you want. What's going what's, on? What's going on? Nothing. So, so it, it, game system wise, are you using? Uh, was it was it Mindside Theater? Is that what they call the LARP version of <coughs> Storyteller? Yeah, that's um, that's a Storyteller system. I think. Is that what you're using? Or are you, no, no. Are you using um, your own or? Yes. So yes and ish, no. It's ish. um. So ours was uh, we took off of um. There's there's a, a sort of umbrella of LARPs down here in Southern California called Live Effects, and um, so we joined Live Effects when we started, and there are f- several others like not not all the LARPs out here are under that. That kind of an um, organization that right yeah it was basically the ones who could give us insurance to run our LARP and yeah. also have like a community of props and NPCs mm-hmm. and things like that. Oh which really? Is awesome. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. All right. So pretty much anybody who who becomes a part of this umbrella has access to be able to use the Live Effects props and walkies and boffer weapons insurance and guns, yeah. the insurance okay. booking web booking uh, game sites. sites yeah 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 which is awesome um, and very useful and um, so. Others have their own various organizations, but so when we when we joined Live Effects, they had their own uh, rule system that was written by the guy who owns Live Effects when he started it up, um, and we we just sort of took from that system. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody who was involved in it is credited as part of it, and yeah. um, so we, we borrowed a lot of that, and then just sort of took out the things that didn't make sense in the world anymore, and added in more stuff for for the the vampire and werewolf races yeah. and for. 
modern like firearms and explosives and things mm. that don't exist much in fantasy worlds. Yeah, so. we we had several rules revisions meetings with uh, two very good friends of ours who are mm-hmm. more rules minded than we are, mm-hmm. and We're mostly storytellers. Yeah, balance. Yeah. yeah, and they helped us balance the rules, and we we put in like racial trees and mm-hmm. stuff for the vampires and werewolves and all things that hadn't been in the core live effect system. But that's that's what we're using. Okay. is our own version of yeah. the core live effects rule set. But then there are others in the same even under live effects who use different rule systems there was um, there was Shades of Anaea which built their own. They, they originally mm-hmm. used live effects but they eventually updated and a couple others who use live effects. There's There are other systems who use, who build their own systems. Um, some, some take and borrow from things like uh, Mind's Eye Theater and uh, International Fantasy Gaming Society yep. and mm-hmm. Nero and, and a lot of the really uh, widespread LARPs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot of game system borrowing, which some people mm-hmm. I think get frustrated with, but I think is great because realistically you want to use what works, right? Like sure. you're there to have a good time. Well, it's like tabletopping. Yeah, there are, you can play in Pathfinder, or you can play in AD and D, or you can play in a homebrew, or yeah. you can. And there are certain things that are the same, and there are certain things that are very different. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same with LARPs. It's just that uh, it's slightly better, in my opinion, to have um, rule systems that borrow what works from other rule systems, because you're doing this all in real time. Right. So, you want to have familiar sounding rule systems. Yeah. Do do you have, like, a... Is there a randomizer? Uh, You're not wandering around with dice. No. I'm assuming. How do you you handle... In the system you use, how do you handle conflict resolution? So... in it's our personal system, there's actual buffer and, and nerf LARP. Like there are combat. there are foam weapons, and you actually hit your friends. Yep, uh, which is awesome. It's awesome. Yep. That's why do you think I joined this in the first place? I yeah. really just wanted to be able to hit Aya with a buffer weapon. Right. Like specifically <laughs> Aya, actual steel before. Yeah. Why why did you downgrade? I don't know. Um, <laughs> she liked you better now. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> in ours there's buffer, but in some other systems there is a randomizer. Like, I know, I have actually never played in some of the standard World of Darkness vampire alarms, but I, I think that they use uh, something rock, like scissors. rock, paper, scissors to yeah. resolve. And, like, stats are still involved. They have a variety of, mm-hmm. of stats that build upon that, mm-hmm. but I, I know that they use some kind of randomizer. And there are some games that use um, things like uh, card draws, like drawing a poker hand to see how well something goes, depending okay. on who gets the better hand. And, and I think there are some other systems as well who do carry around dice. Yeah. I, I know the the uh, the hero system one, the champions, the superhero one, uh, you use a stopwatch with hundreds of a second, and you oh. go click, click, oh. and whatever the hundreds of a second is, that's basically, it's like a D10. That's cool. That's a good that's idea. A good, yeah, that is a good I'm idea. taking <laughs> that for the arcade next year. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. cool. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. But so, like, if you, when you when you sit down and you you've got an ongoing story, mm-hmm. and someone show someone shows up to play, do you make a character for them? Do they come up with a character concept and then you make it, or do they come up with the character? What kind of access do the players have to the rules? The players have full access to the rules. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, some some LARPs have hidden trees within the rule system that you can unlock by playing, like, by, by discovering different things in-game, which is neat and fun in its own way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the basic rules, at least, everybody has access to. Um, and usually, at least in, in our system, and I'm sure that it differs from game to game, but in, in most of the systems that we're familiar with, uh, people will build their own character and then write their own backstory, but then they send it to plot for approval. So that we can then let them know, like, yes, you spent these points correctly, or... 
yes, this absolutely works within the world, or... No, this, there are no Martians in our setting. Yeah, or, or this works, except that You can't that this, play a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, this, this one thing uh, doesn't quite fall in with how the lore is built, but maybe you could update it to being something more like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually they have a, a back and forth with plot before they have final character approval. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually most players can... Uh, they have access to the rules and the lore before they build their characters, so most of the time it doesn't involve too much... Con games. Con games True. are different, though. True. Con, Con games have pre-made characters. Yes. Usually. Usually. That way you can Some walk others. in, yeah. go, okay, lots of numbers and stuff, mm-hmm. let's do this, and just walk in and play. Right. So you can get a taste of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Same as tabletop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you always make pre-gens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost always make pre-gens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what size is the staff for your game? I mean, there's the three of you that are organizing it. How many other sort of auxiliary people do you have who are... I mean, and, and how is it organized? Are there, like... like People who do plot and then GMs who... Mm-hmm. It depends on the game. Right? For us, it's the three of us are main plot staff. Mm-hmm. We have uh, an NPC lead who is basically... Uh, we give him the script right before game and... Well, probably to, well, more than right before, before game. <laughs> right before game. But, Usually you know. right before game. But we try to not make it right before game. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we hand him the script and... Uh, any questions that he has about prepping encounters or things that he's going to need, uh, he brings to us. We work out logistics. Is, that, is, he, is he almost... Is he like the lead NPC? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is he in charge of the people who are... Yes. So yes. he's almost like... It's in some ways kind of like a casting director almost? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's kind of like our stage manager. I yeah. mean, it's that's he's the one who basically we tell him okay, we're going to probably start encounter number seven in five minutes. Can you make sure that the NPCs know what their stats are? Yeah, get And they know if they have any sort of, like, uh, role-play roles, that they know any of the information and and lore that they need to know. Um, And we leave him to coach the NPCs while we go usually answer player questions and... um, Or go ahead and set up the rest of the the encounter while he's coaching NPCs or vice versa. Yeah, or whatever. Or or prepping things back game or any number of nine million things that have to be done. Yeah. Um, What... And this is related, but uh, something that we try to do for our game uh, specifically is have the three of us rotating in different places in the mm-hmm. game. We'll have one person always backstage with the NPCs, making sure that the game is running smoothly. One person in-game playing a character, kind of like a GMPC, um, just to see how the players are feeling about the game, what they're talking about, what they're doing, where we're kind of like the spy. Um, okay. And just to exist to, to give... Uh, story hooks and, and encounter lore. hooks okay. and yeah. lore drops and things like that which we, we use other NPCs for as much as we can as well yeah. um, but if there's a, a particularly important role that, that has a lot of like staff specific knowledge we, we'll have one of us in game for that yeah mm-hmm. so we, we try to keep ourselves rotating that's because we are specifically a three person plot team uh, Twin and I are also staff for another plot team under live effects uh, which is a five person plot team mm-hmm. uh, which is really nice uh, having that many people, <laughs> very more people. Yeah, uh, I have plays that game. I do. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's uh, each plot team tends to do things uh, different ways, but we've discovered that that's what works best for us. But as far as like staff goes, it's pretty much just the three of us and our lead NPC. So. And then we have NPCs who've played, or who NPC pretty much every time, so they yeah. know the rules, and yeah, they know career. the world, and they know the story we're doing, <coughs> so we can walk to them and be like, hey, can you put on some fatigues and enter as a Pandora operative lieutenant and harass the players for a while? And they'll go do it. You yeah. know, like, they'll, know what, they'll know what that all yeah. means. So, 
<laughs> and and you have do you have other people who will just come in and just play? And do, do you ever use players to play NPCs? Sometimes. Um, it's it's more common in some systems than others. Yeah. Uh, we have occasionally used players for that. Um, it's a little rare in in our game specifically because we we are blessed with having a good number of, of career NPCs and people mm-hmm. who show up to NPC. So it's not usually a necessity. But sometimes some like if we want somebody to play a very specific role that we know will will appeal to that specific person for some reason or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. uh, we'll ask them, "Hey, do you mind if I pull you out a game to NPC uh, Friday night?" for around three hours, maybe around 10 o'clock or so, and they'll be like, yeah, and I'll, we'll tell them what they yeah. need to bring. And There are also just some people know. who are really good at doing certain types of roles, especially if you want them to BBG, big bad guy, oh, yeah. play mm-hmm. the, the villain mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, I was running a game years and years and years ago now, uh, like <laughs> five years ago, where... <laughs> years and years. Forever. forever. <laughs> like... <laughs> I've been jamming for a long time. Um, I was helping run a game about five years ago where uh, the players went completely off the rails and didn't go where they were supposed to to have their intended big bad guy and instead did something completely different that by the lore of the world would bring about an even scarier big bad guy. So that was their own fault. Ah, So we pulled... uh, We could only think of one person who could play this big bad and he was currently playing in the game so we went to him and said hey this is out of nowhere i know you weren't intending to i'm so sorry but can you bbg for us tonight this is this is the character this is what's going on and the guy was like yeah sure and he was great he was terrifying Mm it's amazing so sometimes there is a little bit i mean it is really like casting when you're when you write your script and you think Okay, now, who do I want to play this NPC? You think of all your friends, you think of people you know, and you come up with the, the best person for the job. Some uh, some LARPs actually have NPC shifts. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, the thing that... Small amount of NPCs, maybe there's going to be a battle or whatever, and you sign up when you PC and go, I'm going to take this chunk of this many hours, mm-hmm. and I'm oh, going to oh, get out of garb okay. and Especially in <coughs> go big PC games. Especially in big games. Yeah, yeah. We, we play in uh, mm-hmm. a game that is like upwards of 50 PCs. It's huge. Oh, and Jesus. Uh, and they do don't think? tend to get enough NPCs, so people take NPC shifts. Okay. And it's now, worked how, really well. How long do... How long does is is a session does a session last normally? Um, it depends. Some games do just day games. Yeah, which means that usually that's Saturday from something like noon to eight or you know okay. whatever, just daytime. It depends on on the you know, but it's it's around that that long. It's usually yeah. from like a public it's between lunch hours. and dinner. Yeah, yeah, it's between lunch and dinner usually, and then um, weekend games. Uh, most of the ones that we have attended begin Friday night, usually right around seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So that people have just enough time to get to the game site and set up a tent, because usually it's camping. Um, sometimes we get cabins, which is amazing. But yes. um, <laughs> you know, you still have to set up your stuff, and um, and then it runs all through Friday evening and all day Saturday. There's usually a huge fight on Saturday night, which is awesome. Yep. And then um, you stay overnight Saturday night. Sunday there's usually not necessarily in-game stuff going on, but Sunday is just pack in or pack out rather. It depends um, on the game. There, yeah. there used to be uh, when I first started doing weekend LARPs. Sunday was usually wind down encounters, and yeah. uh, they would be mostly role-playing encounters on Sunday morning, maybe a small fight, and, like, the hook for the next game. But as the years have gone on, 
at least in the LARPs that I tend to play, that's sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit. We're usually too fucking exhausted on Sunday. Sure. <laughs> we just I got too much shit to pack roll out. Roll up my tent, get in the car, <laughs> and leave. Right. Don't even Gross care anymore. And tired. Want to get to a, a actual restaurant to eat? Oh, <laughs> real food after a whole weekend of LARP is yep. the best ever. I just spent all night last night getting murdered by a demon lord and all of his minions. Fuck this! <laughs> I want to go eat it's some true. food. No, there are there are a few questions here on the on the Q and A. Sure, Ooh, from fun the, from the people listening live. Do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Walt asks, "Do you have to wear something special to identify yourself as staff?" Yes, you don't well, have. To. You don't have, you don't have to. to. Um, it's a good idea. Yes. So generally in LARPs, there are uh, some certain color is designated for being out of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the color varies depending on the system. Generally a head thing. Generally it's wear. white. So like you'll take a white headband and put on a white headband. And that okay. means that you're out of game. So you can, what, like people can't interact with you. You're not really there. It means you're not playing right now. Right. Um, usually staff will wear those out-of-game headbands, and that's sometimes how people can designate, oh, this person's staff. Uh, what we do for our game is uh, we all have red baseball caps that that's, we wear. That's a thing one, thing two, yeah. thing three on them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, and our players actually... Dr. reference. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So our, our players actually, uh, we, we got those red baseball caps, and then around like the fifth game that we ran, our players bought us all sweatshirts that said uh, that okay. were red and said thing one, thing two, and three, so thing three. Cute. Yeah, so now we can still be uh, GMs during really cold games. <laughs> so when, when you guys are running games, do you ever play NPCs as well? Yes, sometimes, yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of depends. We try to avoid doing it too much because we'd rather mm-hmm. be able to actually like run the game and make yeah. sure that our NPCs... We have NPCs and we want to give them fun roles, right? right. I like how I say all the time, and I'm the one who does it the least. Yeah, <laughs> I'm usually the one in the background yeah, going, but when you your makeup okay, honey? Come over here. <laughs> I've got to zip you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although when you do it, you're like Madame de Pompadour. Yeah. yeah. Game, like, <laughs> hey, dude. Uh, fabulous but, hair. Hey, man. It's amazing. But, um... So it, it, it just sort of talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> your hair was great. So sometimes, up. but it, it, it sort of it depends on a how many NPCs we have, uh, b what kind of roles we need to have in game. Like if there, are, like I said, if there are some that are like uh, really very plot staff secret specific. Uh, that we want to play because we don't necessarily because a lot of the NPCs will also play sometimes. Yeah. Um, so unless you have one who's really committed, I'm going to be a career NPC for a while. And for a lot of the time, we make them uh, if, if they want to play a certain role. Yeah, we will tell them, okay, you can play this role, but it's going to give you knowledge that means that you can't play because right. it's important world stuff. Because yeah. there, I mean, like any in most games, there's a sort of a, a mystery or things sure. that they're trying to figure out. Yeah. So there have been uh, some players who have been like, I think I'm going to NPC for a while. And I'm like, okay, you can do that, but if we tell you certain things, you won't be able to play for at least three or four games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because secret stuff is going to come to light. And sometimes they're okay with that, and sometimes they're like, no, I think I'll <laughs> rather play. Yeah. And right. you can always show up to just crunchy, as we yeah. refer to, mm-hmm. where you just basically swing foam at people. <laughs> you have to you swing swords. Be ready to clap your hands over your ears if the yeah. GMs don't notice you're there and they start yeah. talking <laughs> about things you don't want to know. Yeah. Right. But, you know, usually... Who's the killer? Never mind. Yeah, but I mean, just like any kind of tabletop, you have usually an, an overarching story that yep. everything ties into that is where the game is sort of more or less ultimately going. I mean, it's it's we have always said that it's a terrible idea to plan out the end of your game. Um, you know, the ultimate end, because that's something the players decide. Yeah. But, um, 
but you know, then you, you have more or less the, the the story that you're telling and the themes that you're doing, and that's that's something the whole plot staff knows. But and usually, like the maybe the, the NPC lead or something knows mm-hmm. as well, but not really the NPCs because um, a lot of the time you have crossover between people who will be like, well, I can't afford to play this game, but I want to attend, so I'm going to come in PC or like. Well, I'm, I want to come to game, but the the people who I usually PC with aren't going to be in attendance, so I'm just going to come help you guys at an NPC, which is awesome when it happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because uh, because NPCing is is definitely a little more it's it's rougher than PCing. We it's it's a lot of hurry up and wait. It's a lot of plot staff being like, yeah. we need you here at this place in exactly thirty seconds, wearing these things, and you need to know this stuff. Go. <laughs> so yeah, d- d- and, and and someone who's playing NPC may play several. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes there are. Uh, we ran a game uh, back in January, not most recent, but the one before that, that had uh, very specific roles mm-hmm. that we would give. Um, we we picked out like twelve, fifteen people and said, "Okay, this is who you are playing. You are playing this historical figure. Uh, you're not really going to do anything else for most of the game aside from crunchy a little bit, maybe." Uh, mostly it's going to be hurry up and wait. If you want to just show up for your 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock time slot, you can do that. But And most of them showed up and just were there all day and mm-hmm. hung out and helped with whatever they needed. But And they most of them only played one role that time, and that was unusual for yeah. that game. Because usually you'll go in five or six times throughout the course of a game, you'll do a couple different things. Okay. But even so, you usually wind up backstage with the other NPCs, and between stuff going on, you hang out and chat and... Yep eat food and give each other shit and right. have a good time. Like, yeah. it's fun. Be nerds together. Be nerds together. Yeah. Uh, um, another question. Uh, how much prep time do you have uh, in a LARP and do you have to get permits, security, etc.? I mean, you kind of answered some of that a little bit, but prep time before a session. If you're going to do a yeah. session that's eight hours long, how much... What's your ratio of prep time to game time? Okay, are Depends you asking what it's supposed to be or what it is for us? <laughs> what, it really, what it really is. What it really okay, is. Um, well, it depends on whether or not prep time is how long between games. Prep time yeah. uh, also I- is it... When can you arrive at the site? Yeah, when can we arrive at the site, I would assume. Yeah. And set so up. So we... we well, what, what they're probably talking about with context with the show is story prep. Yeah. So hmm. that, because we have to have plot meetings so that we're all on the same, and we sit down and we build the story together, um, it's honestly, sometimes running a LARP is like another part-time or even full-time job. Yeah. So yes. you, it, it can take a lot of time. Um, usually, it, it, I mean, it depends on the game and how long it's been since the game and how big a game it is and, and whether it's a day game or a weekend game, but we usually have at least two to five plot meetings that are several hours each before each game where we sit down and pound out a script together. Mm-hmm. Um, where we sit down and go, okay, what kind of story do I want to tell? What beats do we want to hit? Uh, what um, what encounters do we want? Um, what's, what's our BBG if we're going to have one? And then we sit down and we plan the game out, like, what encounters do we have? Um, because ultimately we have a script. Yeah. And it's um, it's usually several pages long, and we try to we try in our game to overfill our script, because it's way better to have to cut an encounter than it is to have to make shit up as you go along. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
you have several hours, several several hour sh- sessions together of planning the game, um, and then the the actual prep for the game. It depends on um, it really depends on how prop intensive it is. Like yeah. um, I know a game for a finale recently spent several days and gathered several friends together for long hours to just craft cool costuming and props, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was totally worth it. The game was mm-hmm. fabulous. They had a, they had a dragon. dragon. We fought a dragon in game. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> It breathed, it breathed fire, fire while it breathed smoke. And yeah. it breathed fire on me. It was amazing. <laughs> and the thing was, like, a couple of people long and oh, tall. It, was, it, was, like, it, was it, was nine, it took nine NPCs yeah. to run that dragon. Well, it was yeah. like oh, a 20-foot no like yeah. dragon, wasn't it? Yes, yes. something yeah, like that. Something it was like huge. Was yeah. it like it was one of those Chinese New Year dragons? Basically, kind of, yeah. it was very similar. Awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. And the whole head was made of foam so we could actually hit it with our weapons. Yeah. Was, so this I'm is actually the second, um, pro- second LARPs, dragon, yeah. LARPs are up in yeah. their game. This is actually the second dragon I have seen in like in three months. Three months. <laughs> there was one at WeirdCon too, which was giant, and uh, Twin and I got to be part of that dragon, which mm-hmm. was really, really cool. An entirely different looking dragon, like two different LARPs separately made giant dragon props just That's for their players to fight. It was and awesome. It was awesome. Um, they were just jelly of our giant TV. I know, right? We put a person in a television <laughs> and Hi. another person in a giant teddy bear. That was and hurt. then beat people up with it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> claustrophobic was a terrible idea. <laughs> Never again. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Ed, Ed says hi. Hi, Ed. Hi, Ed. Ed's our roommate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Mine and Maui's. Yeah. He he's said awesome. he was going to be in the chat tonight. Hey, Ed. He's he staff is. for another LARP, too. Yeah, actually. he's he just staff. He just stepped up to be staff for a LARP that we play, and we're very excited. Yeah. Which, good luck, buddy. Staff, man. Yeah. Which he's been doing on another game system for a while, which but I also, also played, in. played in. Yeah. And he's awesome, but, like... I really love the game. We're like the GM house now. Is that he can he can bug <laughs> us about Hunter's Moon stuff, and we can bug him about DK stuff. There's some there's someone listening in from Egypt. Sweet, Sweet. wow! I don't know if he LARPs or if he role plays, but hi hi. From well, he Egypt, should. I think I guess <laughs> he posts a lot. I wonder if it's Sweet. a spam bot. Um. It's Egyptian spam bots. I don't know. Well, but I don't. I'm not insulting you <laughs> in case you are an actual person you're listening to this live. Um, or even if you're an actual spam bot. Right? Yeah. Don't but I, and I, I don't have anything against spam bots. Um, some of my best friends are spam bots. Um, what <laughs> I've heard that about you. <laughs> what genre? Well, it's, I'm a lonely person. I, I, it's all I got spam. I got email. Um, uh, what genre? What genre would you say is the most popular for LARPs? Because um, me and some friends are thinking about doing a Fallout LARP. <gasps> Amazing! Really? <laughs> that sounds like a good idea from the reaction here. I think Aya wants to comply. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> a Fallout LARP would be incredible. Um, basically, uh, we, there are a lot of medieval fantasy LARPs, and there are a good handful of things like uh, modern LARPs and post-apocalyptic LARPs, like Fallout is. But it's uh, it's not quite as common, um, and I don't know of any that are Fallout specific, at mm. least locally. Um, There'd been chatter once or twice, yeah. but no one's ever done it. The well, most popular have been. The, the medieval dark Mostly. fantasy. The gritty kind of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not always super gritty. I mean, it's not all Game of Thrones or anything. No, but <laughs> no only slightly less death. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but it's sort of darker, a bit. darker fantasy. But it's um, there are a couple of, of post-apocalyptic style games either running or starting mm-hmm. that I know of here right now. But um, 
I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited about post apoc but a Fallout specific. That would be amazing. The lore is is so good. Really deep. But yeah, there, I also know there's talk of some people starting a Skyrim LARP, which would, which is oh god, that's my jam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I need but, the pants for that. Yes. I'm just gonna go <laughs> so like good. totally back to old school. Is that some friends of mine are talking about running a Xanth LARP? Oh my god, oh, yeah. I'm so in. Like oh, I'm, yes. I'm so. That's there. my boyfriend. Prep yeah, that's I know. Prep your puns now. Oh, I know. God, that's that's so amazing. good. She has <laughs> never me. read Xanth. Like, <gasps> Shh, I want to. Okay, it's on my like list. Five She's from copies. Florida and she loves puns. She's never five read Xanth. copies of Spell for Chameleon. That's yeah. a shoe in. One of them might be mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stopped reading them after like the fourth or fifth one. I'm like, okay, well, the first three were the best. Stop with the puns. The first three, <laughs> the first like five were definitely the best. But I, I kept reading up until like. They're, I don't know. 62. Yeah, yeah. it was... I <laughs> tried to pick one up recently, and I was like, oh, there this is just... I can't... Yeah, he's it's still like, doing them. Yep. Is he really? Yeah, he's oh still writing God. them. Man's That's insane. Funny. Uh, yeah, like he's... Animorphs. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it's... It's serious. Animorphs are done. Oh, yes! <laughs> what? Totally happening. Oh, and, and Ed made sure to tell you guys to tell me that it's Ed from Fair. I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we should have mentioned Puck. that. Because Ed, 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 yeah. Ed used to run the... Um, Renquest. Yeah, Renquest. Yeah, he was, he was a big part of Renquest. Um, oh, we were there for the very first round that it had. Yeah, we actually helped run the very first Renquest. Yeah, and then oh, did got, you guys really? Yeah, we yeah. did. Okay. And then it got shifted to some different people. Um, yeah. I didn't live here yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had only just barely begun living here. That's probably then. like... Ten years ago, now seven, seven years ago. It was, was it? oh, Jesus. it was very soon after we moved. I have lived here for out of years. Devore. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was. It was like 2007 that the first Ren quest. Yeah, it was. It may ran. have been 2008 because I moved out here in June. Of it may have been 2000. No, that's right. It was 2008. So, and it was at at Pleasure Fair. So yeah, I think it was 2008. <laughs> but it's 2008. It all blurs. It all blurs <laughs> in my feeble memory now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the emails. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the first email is from Taryn. Would someone like to read this? Yeah, uh, I can read it. Sure. Greetings all. This is semi-urgent, but if you don't get a chance to read this for a while, I'll understand. Well, I hope we got to it. Uh, <laughs> Greg, I know you listen to the podcast, so stop listening now. That's you, Greg. We know who you are. And if you're listening, stop. All right. All right, my gurus of gaming. Oh, I don't think he's talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> one of my best friends is getting tired of GMing all the time, so for a late birthday present, I offered to run a one-shot for him plus whoever he wants to invite. I have never GMed before, but I feel confident that I can manage it and be no worse than mediocre. I feel the same way, since I've gobbled down your entire backlog twice. That's well, really impressive. Wow. That is very impressive. Planning to use Google Hangouts, Roll20, and Savage Worlds. Roll20 is awesome. That's a good idea. Yes. I know my buddy well enough to know that he likes whimsy, but nothing too childish. He also digs steampunk. That's awesome. I did some thinking and came up with the following scenario. A pseudo-London based on candy and steampunk. Oh my god. <laughs> I send that You're gonna love this one. I sent the players the following message to help get them into the setting. The whimsical one-shot starts out in the town of Hershey with the tragic death of Duchess Double Bubble. Oh god! The players will be commissioned by the local police to help solve the mystery. No combat necessary unless desired. Plan for ridiculous accents, characters, and setting. You need to play this game. I do! This oh sounds god. great! <laughs> So I was planning to have lots of candy puns, obviously. I actually found some sugar-based cogs online to give it a bit of a steampunk as feel as well. <laughs> I'll lock you in my fungin. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so exciting. Oh my god. What? <laughs> 
fun. My idea was that the Duchess died, and no one knows why, one idea I had for later. Later. I was planning a murder mystery without having any person in mind for the bad guy, an ideal I stole from you guys. Mm. I would... I figured I would give plenty of crazy love triangles, a younger sister, a super rich fiancé, more love triangles, and in general, plenty of people with motive and opportunity. That way, whoever the players decide is the one that done it is the person I can run with. I haven't even decided how she died, but since everything's candy-based, I thought if she secretly had diabetes, it would put a dark spell on things. I am totally down for this. I'm just saying. I'm the one, she tells me all the time that I'm morbid as shit, and I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing. Why oh my would you god, do this? that's amazing. Either that or it's like somebody she has diabetes and somebody just like force fed her candy. It's no. like the peanuts. Either peanut that dust. or somebody murdered her with water guns. Oh, that's just double bubble. Any kind of sugar based candy, There's like just be a melt them with water guns. <laughs> shoot her up and spat her out. Oh, shoot. What do you guys think? Any ideas? Anything you want to you want to add? Thanks. Happy gaming, Taryn. Still not a girl. Uh huh. Well, why not? Well, I know a girl in town, but that sounds amazing. I that does sound amazing, and I think that if anybody has any particular ideas for this, it's probably going to be that one. Yep, it's probably <laughs> going to be twin. Fun twin. <laughs> Take it, I, twin. Oh my god! No, seriously. Any kind of like, obviously, you have the puns that you're interested in, which is the only way to run this game. Um, Steampunk candy, but mm-hmm. I. I Oh, you definitely need to have know. an airship. Yeah, and it needs to be made of like Graham. It needs to be like a, a, a Christmas gingerbread house. A Christmas gingerbread or house. s'more as Blow opposed up to the, a uh, gingerbread house. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. Duchess uh, Duchess Double Bubble had a was working on airships with uh, yeah. you know like bubblegum bubble sails. Yeah, bubblegum bubble airships. Bubblegum airships. And somebody somebody didn't want this to happen. Yeah. Clearly. Well, you could... Maybe there's a floating city, a cotton candy city, where where if the airships actually came into being, then they would discover the floating cotton candy city and their secret... I'm just, like, running with this right now. <laughs> uh, it's funny, because you were like, twin will totally yeah, have I all know, the ideas. Yeah, I know, and then I just, like... But <laughs> wait! I have one. I've <laughs> got well, this. I mean, if you no, wanted to, to touch on unfortunate history subjects, you could set the airship on fire and blow it up, but, oh, like... God. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All the humanity. I, I'm speechless, ladies and gentlemen. The, the fire, the people falling, the, the molten, the molten sugar dropping and dripping on everything. And then you, you had it so that, that at the time there were marshmallow peeps flying by, and now they're huge. I swear to God, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> God is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. God is my witness. Like, I, thought, I thought turkeys could fly. Peeps. Oh my they, they have, somebody has a bazooka full of red hots. They're just <laughs> <fire>. <laughs> no fun. No yeah, fun was had. Oh, no, that that sounds amazing. Yeah. I I mean, definitely, I like go with obviously that what you had with the, the no specific person in yes. mind and all their crazy motives and and make them as ridiculous and childish as possible. We call that the um, rule not childish, whimsical. Well, sorry, whimsical, whimsical. non-childishly whimsical. The rule of cool. Yeah. yeah. If, the if the players come up with some, sorry, if the players come up with something that's cooler than what you had originally thought, go with it. Yep. <laughs> make it work. <laughs> make it work. Pretend that was the plan all yep. along. Yep. They'll from think them. they'll yeah. think you're a great GM. <laughs> Trust us, we do it all the time. It's true. And then they'll feel great about themselves. Yeah, oh. I knew it all along. <laughs> it's a win-win. Oh, that sounds great. Well, right. you, you know, what, there's a couple more LARP questions in here before sure. we before we go on. Yeah, do it. How would you suggest bombing DC for said Fallout LARP? 
I have a feeling that sort of thing might be frowned upon. Well, so if you like, my boyfriend's already visited, so it's safe. Yeah. He just got He's back. Home. He's home now. He just flew back not Go long ahead. ago, so it's safe. I think you'll probably be okay. Yeah. But it's it's. I mean, you know. It's well, first, first you want to alert the police. Yes. That you're running a live action, so then they won't suspect anything. <laughs> I, I imagine running. That there, that's probably like a. a and e- even even larger problem if you want to run a LARP in DC. Yeah, that would probably be <laughs> likely. I've never Don't tried that, but we probably, we did yeah. recently Don't. we did recently run a, a one of our games at a park where we had a murder scene, a crime scene. So literally, people were like lying on the ground covered in white sheets. Like we had caution tape, caution tape, and and flower people. outline, and people in police uniforms yeah. because somebody had donated to us a bunch of uh, out of date paramedic EMT uniforms, mm-hmm. and we we put up giant signs around the perimeter that said, "Don't panic, this is a game. <laughs> if you have any questions, seek out one of the ladies in the red hats." Yep. Incidentally, if you're ever concerned about whether or not uh, the the authorities might be a problem with your LARP, uh, we have a friend who is both a policeman and a LARPer yes. uh, who has good ideas on who to contact because, I mean, a lot of the time like, it's good to give the police a heads up if you think you're going to be doing it, like, if it's, especially if it's a game that has guns, like Nerf guns in it because mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes, sometimes bystanders panic. Oh, that could end very bad. We, I, we have had uh, law enforcement show up at LARP games more times than I can count. Anybody want to come up here and talk to me about guns? <laughs> yeah. One time there were snipers. <laughs> It was, Boy. It's, it's a whole horror <laughs> story. Yeah. But if you have any questions about it, uh, said friend is more than willing to a- answer them. If you email him at larpcop at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, really? And he is okay. happy to answer any kind of police authority related LARP questions. Doing yeah. a panel at the next Weird Con about it. Yeah, too. he did one of the last one. Yeah. I, I think LARP, he's going to do it again. Cool. So. LARP and the law. Yes. yes. We did a, um, a, a, a game of killer at my old junior high school in the middle of summer. And I think there were six of us, and someone opened up an unlocked door. And this is in the summer. The school is shut down. There's no yeah. summer school at this mm-hmm. school. It's shut down and ain't going to be opened up until August. One door, I think in the gym, was left <laughs> unlocked. Oh, no. And someone went by and was like trying to get away from someone and decided to try the door, and it opened up. Mm-hmm. Well, it had an alarm. Of course. Which yep. had not gone on for the month earlier because no one had opened the door. So this alarm goes off and the police response was very fast. I was on top of the auditorium at the time. <laughs> okay. so I'm, I'm like on top of like a three-story building and I actually see the police coming like two blocks away. <laughs> and I'm like, the talkies. <laughs> and, and, and it had this, this like low... It was. It's one of those. I don't know. Industrial buildings have like weird roofs, right? Mm-hmm. It's like little rocks and it's tar paper. And yeah, the, yeah. And the, they had like a wall that was maybe two feet high. It wasn't very high. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, shit. So I like lay flat on my belly. <laughs> oh, hot. On tar paper oh. in July. Yeah. Oh, no. In Southern California. No. And I stayed there for a long time before I could get the courage to go up and look and like. Police are gone. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably like twenty minutes. I actually know. burned. I was going to say, yeah. I get a heat rash oh, in yeah. my stomach. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Worth yeah. it. That was stupid. Worth yeah. <laughs> 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 it. One of the dumbest things I ever did. Worth <clears throat> it. Oh, All right. Thank you, Taryn, for the email. I appreciate it. Yay. 
Email from Vincent in Virginia. 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 Someone else want to read this? Or I'm gonna read it. I think like I should read it. It has an accent. Yep. Okay, go. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Fallen told. Fallen told. Fallen told. Hi, Jackers. Happy and otherwise. Long-time listener, first-time caller, or email submitter. There was a bit of a ruckus in the Season 12, Episode 2, about social combat and how it makes you lose control of your character. My game and expertise is not as extensive as I'd like, but I am a programmer, and in my off time, I like to design games that... Systems. Drink more. (laughs) (laughs) Not even... Yeah, drink more. You'll be able to read it better. It's true. Although they don't get get any play, so you can't say if I'm good or anything. I consider it more of an interest in pastime. There are a lot of things I could say about social combat, but my first thought, and I think a very poignant one, is that social combat... Why are you laughing? I just can't. <laughs> it's very different. Let, 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 I should preface this. Sure. Uh, season 12, episode 2, we did an episode yeah. about social combat and player agency. Mm-hmm. And whether or not... I'm of the opinion that I would much rather... And it's going to start a whole new slew of emails just by restating what I said before. <coughs> Do it. I would much rather have role playing in my role playing game. I agree. And resolve things through role playing and characterization than pick up the dice and roll them and say, okay, yeah, you persuaded the guard to go by. Twin has I mean, a lot to say about I have this. so much okay. to say, too. So, yeah. Now, we all do. Now, I, I have been this. sitting on. Like two dozen emails, maybe more. <laughs> <since that episode. laughs> because I was going to have, um, and in fact, I, I eventually still will, um, uh, Mauser, who's been on the show several times, Patrick, mm-hmm. you know, Patrick. Yeah. And it ha- come in because he actually disagrees with me. And most of the time, all the people that are in here agree with what I just said. <laughs> so, but these emails keep coming in. Sweet. So I'm sitting on a lot of them now. So I'm like, sort of like, trickling them out but i wanted to preface that that's what this guy's referring mm-hmm. to yeah cool is that conversation and it blew up on our form it was spectacular i suspected i listened to the episode and was like i have opinions there are a lot of things i could say about social combat but my first thought and i think a very poignant one is that social combat is very different from almost any other opposed combat if you were in melee, ranged, or magic combat, if you dis- if you decline to take part in that conflict, you lose by default. Refusing to, to doge, <laughs> sweet, refusing to dodge, yeah. fireball is in general bad. <laughs> However, I would contend that if you refuse to take part in social combat, you win by default. Consider, for example, those British gate guards who are well known for absolutely refusing to respond to anything a passerby does or says. This is arguably not them engaging in and winning a social skill challenge, but simply refusing to enter into one. No matter how convincing the argument might be if heard, they've simply refused not to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, Okay, you're talking about the guys at the... At the Windsor's, the, royal, the, the, the royal palace. giant hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's saying that. I was going to say Windsor's Tavern, but that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Better be not it. not engaging Generally. means you win. Windsor Palace. But, Windsor is, it Windsor, palace. is it Windsor? Is it Windsor? I don't know. I think so. I am an ignorant American. I don't know. Yeah. Chat room. <laughs> I don't go. I don't know I've been there. I watched the changing of the guards. Yeah. Ooh. I saw those guys. I want to go. Can't remember. I like I that they been there. don't engage. Yeah, yeah. They actually, you know, in the old TV shows. Back when I was a kid, they they would have like 
like pole arms, or sometimes they would have like like a glaive, like a or, or like a or they would have some sort of like weird long rifle that's probably very old and muzzle loading with a big bayonet on the end of it. Mm. That's not what they carry now. Yeah, <laughs> no. No, no, they're carrying automatic weapons. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, at least so where, you, know. where you could go up and like you don't, you don't want to do that because it's like that guy's really well armed. I'm not going to mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> Just deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. But probably because I got oh messed with too much. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, I've got a Glock now. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> no, they're they're carrying like uh, I don't know I don't know what the British equivalent is. I'm sure it's British made, but it's not AK seven like forty sevens anymore. We're not getting those. No, but it's I mean it's 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 yeah it's intimidating and big and probably very killy. Rar. Very killy. <laughs> I just made Much a social death. reference, and I realized it hasn't gotten around enough yet. There's been like this big embargo against Russia, and we're not oh. buying bar- arms for them oh, anymore. Oh, see, AK-47s and... are built everywhere. Yes, true. <laughs> That's the original. It's like the motherland. <laughs> the mother gun. <laughs> the mother gun. <laughs> AKs for everybody. Okay. <laughs> this idea... <laughs> you were Italian. <laughs> it was... It was another. It was a video game reference. <laughs> Too many of them, and they're all just me. Story of my life. So, this idea allows you to make an in-character choice in the matter. If you decide to enter into a social battle, then whoever wins wins. If you do not enter a se- social battle, you forfeit your ability to win. You can gain nothing from the encounter, but also prevent the em- enemy from winning and gaining power over you. If you want to stop the baby murderer, you can make them a social combat attempt. But be aware, you might lose. Or, you can refuse to give them the chance to win and take another avenue. However, you cannot lose and then refuse to accept the ruling. What about winning and losing an argument, though? I don't, want, I don't think it's fair to say that a person's mind has changed in general. My experience with being in arguments is... That you are often worn down instead of converted. In other words, you come out of it asking yourself, why am I doing this? Block. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but doing it nonetheless, because, uh, usually, because you don't want to keep arguing. Is that how that works with children as well? No. <laughs> really? No, okay, not mine. Good. <laughs> they keep arguing. They don't stop. <laughs> That's what I did, too. <laughs> Considering... Considered a sort of mental or social fatigue if you prefer a wound. <laughs> the reason you're wounded is because you work so hard, using all your skills and wiles just like in normal combat. If you work hard, do your best, and still fail, it will affect you. Whether that is frust- whether that is frustrated acquaintance or belated acceptance. Acquiescence. Words. I'm going to keep drinking. <laughs> or belated acceptance of the truth. Consider also that losing social combats is being forced into situation, uh, and being forced into situations is part of developing character. Why does your bleach white paladin never listen to what people say? Perhaps because somewhere in his past he was conned or connived and said never again. There has to be a way for the same thing to happen during game. For example, a young naive paladin who believes that people are innately good tries to dissuade the evil man and ends up helping him commit more atrocities. This isn't what he wants, and he can only watch in horror as he commits evil with his own hands. That paladin may never again allow himself to be dragged into social combat because he fears that he will be taken again in by evil. Or in mundane terms, he attacks evil people without pity and gives no quarter. 
I have thoughts, but I will hold on to them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Or he might focus all of his develop uh, all of his development into social skills so that he can better convert evil people to do good. It all depends on the character. Love the show. I'm not a drinker, so you'll have to abuse your livers in my place. Vincent Done. from Virginia. P.S. I got through most of your backlog in a fairly continuous unemployment fulfilled podcast frenzy sometime last year. After getting through it, I found the other side cavernous and empty and a little foul-smelling, but also comfortable and warm. I'm a little sad that there is now only a trickle of content going by, but I don't regret getting through it. P.P.S. I invite you... (laughs) I'm an adult. I invite you to take, take a drink to get that image out of your head. A pity that I cannot. Here's to you, sir. I will drink to that. Yep. Clearly, I need to. All right. Mm. You had thoughts. Go ahead. I, I have thoughts too about what Care the other not. side is going to say about this, and, and, and I think they're probably right. <laughs> I just generally feel that when it comes to social interactions, it's one thing for you to roll diplomacy or whatever it is mm-hmm. against an NPC. Because that's, I mean, that, that, that it's the GM's job to tell you how well it works or if it doesn't. And but it, when it, if you're trying to convince another player, that's when it gets a little yeah. sketchy because player agency is a big deal. Uh, I, mean, <coughs> I, I, I am chaotic, good, aligned in real life. Like you don't yeah. take player agency away. Yep. So <laughs> I think there's a difference, and I like the point that he's making, yeah. which is if you choose to take this opportunity. To make it character development, that is on your side. Mm-hmm. Choose to make whatever social combat happens. Who's trying to convince me of what? Instead of saying no, I couldn't. Say why would I? Ask yeah. yourself the question: Why would this work? If I can't come up with the reason when I'm arguing for your point to myself, then <coughs> you could say no. This isn't within mm-hmm. my character. Well, yeah, and I also, I mean, what he, part of what he gets at is, is that it, it makes almost more sense to just not engage in yeah. social, uh, social interactions, mm-hmm. which I, I think that that really depends on the setting and the yeah. game and the GM. Well, I, the, the, the standard example we bring mm-hmm. up is the guy trying to walk past the guard. Right. His take on it, that guard could just say... I'm just going to ignore you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to engage you in social combat. As the GM, that would be kind of a dick move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you got to give him a chance. I, I, I am... I, see, I'm... And I'm... I'm of the opinion that social mechanics for most games are written wrong. Yeah. yeah. And it's not about convincing people. It's about researching people. And mm-hmm. that's really what I think social mechanics need to address. That's a, I, I, It's just a misunderstanding I, I have, of how right. people are handled in real world. I, well, when, it, when it comes to and things like that... And specific people, researching mm-hmm. specific people and finding out what are their buttons. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah especially because it's... I mean, you can't just... A lot of people try to use 
social interactions the same way that they use a lot of other mechanics, which they just they don't work the same way, as as an eventual I win button where if I roll high enough, I'm going to convince this guy to do whatever the fuck I want. Which is, it's not how... It, people always have their lines. They have lines that they won't cross. Right. And while that makes it easy in some cases for more, you know, griefing-driven players to be like, well, my character wouldn't do that. Yeah. Once it hits that point, if that actually is an issue, that's on the Dungeon Master to resolve. Well, like, and that's, you have that's to... not an issue with the mechanics. That's an issue with the interaction and the the dynamic between the players in game. I believe mm-hmm. that it is perfectly acceptable to tell your players as the DM, no, you need to follow the spirit of the rule and not the letter. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, perfectly uh, acceptable. Yeah, I mean, if if a guard has been told you don't let anybody pass under any circumstances except for this person or, or whatever then you can try to talk your way around it as much as you want. Maybe you can track down one of the guards, if you research enough, who's given to bribes. Mm-hmm. But sure. you're not necessarily going to be able to just walk up against one and beat your head against the brick wall. Well, I mean, it's, it's until like, he says yes. I, I think back to one of the Ocean's Eleven film, or the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the remakes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and they've got a guard, and they need something from him. Or it wasn't a guard, it was a pit boss, I think. Mm-hmm. And they need something from him. So... You, you know, there is the fact that this guy has a has a job. He's got a family. Mm-hmm. He's got a wife and kids. He needs his support. He needs his job. So if you were to go up to him and say, "Hey, we're gonna like uh, help you out a little bit, and mm-hmm. and and if you will do this for us," and, he, and in his head he's gonna balance. Okay, if I get fired, it's gonna be hard to find another job, especially here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. But the, in the film, the route they take is, oh, let's let's see if we can find if this guy has some kind of a weakness. Let's see if we can work this another direction. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what, I, to me, I think it, that's a much more interesting use of a social skill is to say, how can we find out, not I'm going to roll to manipulate this guy. Yeah. I'm going to roll to find out what avenues exist that I can, Mm -hmm. maybe I can manipulate this guy. Maybe this guy, you know, has been stealing from his employer. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can strong arm him and get him to do what I want him to do because he's been stealing silverware. Or maybe I can find out he's got a family if I want to be, go a little dark with it. Maybe I can threaten the family. So yeah, you, you might not be able to support him, but at least they're alive. Yeah. You know. Out of curiosity, because there are a lot of people out there that need mechanics, they need the box, but diplomacy, as it were, doesn't necessarily work like that, how would you rewrite the mechanic? What would you say? It doesn't necessarily have to be rolling dice, but if someone needs a box, you need to have give them hard rules, what rule would you give them I don't, for that? I don't know if I would. That's part to, of to me, well, that's part of knowing yeah. your players, though. To, to me, the hard box is going to be who is the person you're trying to convince, mm-hmm. and that and and to me, it's it would be the players saying, like we're talking about, if you, there's a bunch of different guards, doing enough research to find the right guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe there's the dumb guy who's yeah. like, "Oh, you work here? I've never seen you." Oh, you got a badge. You must work here. Go ahead. You know, yeah. if you can find, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that you can do that. And I would let, I mean, I, I would allow roles to be able to find those weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But to, for me to simply come up and say, I'm going to roll persuade to get past the guard. I got a 12. 
Yeah, like that's, that's not what I want. Well, in my there you name. go. That's I at least the, want a reason. That's the rule, though. That's the the role that you said. Like, right. roll to see how well you find the reason, uh, the, see, the yeah, weakness. A, a lot, a lot of social mechanics. That's not the way the rules are written. written. Yeah, the rules are written. Here's your persuade skill. It's not. Here's your research the background of the guy you're trying to get by. Get by. And so you know what he is. And they come at it at the same uh, token that I think LARP does as well. Mm-hmm. In that I'm playing a character that I'm not. I'm playing someone I personally am not good at, say, persuading someone. I'm not good at that. But that's okay. I'm a dork and I'm playing someone I'm not. Mm-hmm. I think that they came at it directly with, let us supplement the things you can't do by giving you the ability to roll at it. I think Which I you, understand. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason that you game is to, to be able to, to accomplish things that you can in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's... Yeah, I mean, but, but, but I mean, but yes, <laughs> it was a no, but I, I look jam. at the roles. I look at the roles being things that supplement rather than yes. completely just replace. Are. Right, yeah. I mean, that, it, rather than replace. Agreed. Yeah, it, I mean, if I if I sit there and role play with the DM and go, no, 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 I totally, I work here. I handed my paperwork to so and so yesterday, and the DM goes, okay, roll for it, and I roll nat twenty. They're like. Alright, I'm going to take that into account. You tried. You came at it with, I am going to attempt to role play, and you rolled a nat 20, so I'm going to handle this that way. But it's not, it, it shouldn't ever just be, oh yeah, and I'm going to roll diplomacy to walk right by the guard. See, I, I don't agree yeah. with that. The example you gave is the perfect example when 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 the, the facts talk role is absolutely appropriate, mm-hmm. where you're going to Balls out lie mm-hmm. yep. and say, no, I, I work here. What are you talking about? I, I see you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Don't you recognize me? And, and I roll. Week. Oh, look. Yeah. I got a great roll. Yeah. Yeah. And if you roll a yeah. one, then, you know, shit happens sometimes. Exactly. And the other guy's right. like, I have an exceptional memory. Fuck you. I've never yeah. seen you before. And, yeah. and I, I think when you get to those, when those edge cases, when you're talking about, when you're like, when, especially fast talk, mm-hmm. when you're really kind of really pushing the ed- the edge of credibility that's when those those kinds of skills i think that system works really well yeah but if you're like sitting here and i'm going to try to like talk you into doing something that's against your better judgment right mm-hmm. how often do people on the in, have arguments on the internet and go oh i was totally wrong you're <laughs> yes. right i mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. it happens all the time right yeah. <laughs> right yeah, I, I think I think that it can be used to supplement, but I, I agree that it's it's it should be used to supplement to not replace. You're playing a role playing game. You're playing a social Yay! game. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to just be able to be like, boop, I get past him because I have amazing charisma. Go right. play a PC or console game. Yeah. Yep. While you're not sitting at a table talking to the people. Well, I mean, it's fairly judgmental. Or but again, that's what I, do when I don't want to talk. But to again, GMs knowing their players because if you go into it knowing that you've got a bunch of great role players and that guy. Then you can, or someone who's really shy, or somebody who's really shy. No, that is that Mm -hmm. is true. We, I have played with people who are really shy before and who really mean well, but just don't quite know how to do the thing. Or new folks, or people who are new. A good example is good. My my question with that, and that and that is an argument that has been brought up to me a lot. My 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 response to that is, Mm -hmm. I don't need you to actually sit here and fast talk me into doing something that would is against my better judgment. What I want is some context. Yes. I want you to say, okay, I'm gonna say this. Even if you're too shy to, to speak in your character in the character's mm-hmm. first person. 
<laughs> to say, oh, I'm I'm going to uh, try to convince this guy that I work here. Yeah. Okay. All right. That. That Let's gives me something. There. It's something. Yeah. Yeah. To roll with as a as I a roll my fast talk. No. Intent mm. is a big part of this. Yes. If it's somebody who's just too shy or who has never played before or who is afraid of fucking up, whatever, that's fine. But if it's some guy who's just like, okay, and I get past the guard because who fucking cares? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I wrote this encounter for you. Play it. Right. Do yeah. it. Do the thing. To me, social challenges are kind of this weird middle ground between mental and physical challenges because physical challenges in game are just. Stats and dice rolling, right? Um, really wandering Sorry. off. It's okay. Um, physical is mostly stats and dice rolling and how you build your character, because obviously at no point are you actually trying to punch the GM. Right. <laughs> um, yep. Preferably, Ideally. I mean. <laughs> um, but then mental challenges are pretty much puzzles that you hand the players to, for them to solve, and maybe if they have a high intelligence or, or wisdom or, or whatever, or perception, they, they, you, you give them a hint. But that's that's most that's it's mostly on them to solve. And to me, a, a social is kind of the weird middle ground to that, where they need to give you some context. They need to actually put some out of game effort into it, the way that you same do the same way you do a middle or a, a mental puzzle. But they've also put points into it. You know, they just need to give you enough context that the game master can roll with something, right? And and tell you how what the outcome is and why. I was I'm just like sorry. sitting over I'm here fantasizing about the giggles. DMs no, I'm not. You just saw I'm Happy Drizmas. Happy Drizmas. Oh, you're just noticing that now? <laughs> just noticed that. I've been staring at it for a while and I just I haven't actually let it click in my brain that it says Drizmas. It was really funny because Twin starts talking about punching GMs and I was just sitting there with this look on her face like. <laughs> That sounds delightful. <laughs> so that I'm sounds sitting crazy. right fucking here. <laughs> you want to go? Like, that was presented. That was presented to us at a Boggard show. That's In fact, so it was presented the day before Dreadsmith. That's awesome. Ah! Yeah. That makes me really. It's really, I totally want to find. Really. Some of your t-shirts that are the "Stop talking to my XP." Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They're, they're ordered. They're coming. Yes, I want that. One. <laughs> uh, you crunchy little bits of XP. <laughs> Don't run away. <laughs> email from Brian. Uh, Who wants to read Brian's email? Should I read Brian? I clearly I can can't one. read. Someone else. I can do this one. All right. Uh, email from Brian. Hola, happy Jackacondas. Jackachupacabra lips. Oh, Whoa. God. <laughs> you all have, hands down your pants, the best RPG podcast and live video cast I've seen and heard. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I made it myself. We appreciate it. <laughs> I listen to you guys in my car and sometimes <laughs> going to sleep, but not going to sleep in my car. Did I beat you to it? You did. We've all had too much to drink to be fast. Um, thanks for all the laughs and RPG insights. I have consumed your backlog. Insert Stork's double entendre nom, here. Nom, nom, He's nom. not Whoa. here. Insert what where? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I think I have a question you have not discussed, at least not in great in great jackalicious detail. If narrating combat is the RPG equivalent of dirty talk in bed, I'm looking for some great phrases and descriptions that will rev my players up and get them excited. You shoot your rifle and get a headshot just isn't doing it for me. Too <laughs> <Stupid> vanilla. <laughs> yeah. And I want my players on the edge of their seats when they are making their rolls. I know you guys have talked about the importance of good narration, but I was hoping for some specific ear-satisfying examples 
bonus points if Kimmy gives some examples from her gameplay. I'd love to hear her describe some hot super on super action. <laughs> All, I can, think of, are here. All I can think of is when you play Unreal Tournament with the sexy voice turned on. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> trick. Oh god. Headshot. Headshot. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's the best. Alright. <laughs> We're playing a GURPS Illuminati campaign that involves players fighting eyeless, blood-drenched office workers, ghost cars, and large iridescent tongues, to yes! name just a few of the weird characters, uh, or weird things characters can end up in combat with. I'm beyond the level of saying to players, you do five points of damage to her left leg. But I'm looking for something better than, he seems to be bleeding a lot. <laughs> I'm curious about how much you allow players to narrate their own side of combat. Also, what kinds of descriptors do you use when describing an enemy aiming or evaluating or fainting or the difference between an attack versus an all-out attack? How about ranged attacks versus grappling with takedowns, pins, etc., dodging, blocking, parrying? <laughs> Challenge. Describe a parry without using the word parry. What about spellcasting, psionics, or fright checks? And finally, do you subtly change combat description depending on the die roll? I'm not talking critical failures or successes, just the difference of rolling a 6 versus a 3 under the target number. Thanks hmm. again for all you do. Best, Brian. Oh yeah, drink. Yeah, buddy. I think Twin will probably have a lot to say. Oh my god, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm terrible at describing I don't combat. Hear, I, I hear terrible that that's at it. not actually the case, Stu. I've heard good things. Obviously, you have to run a game that we attend and bring yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, we've got to play. That would be the worst. So, with with players <laughs> narrating their own side of combat, did anybody else here, aside from Stu, just go to Jack in our Tuesday game <laughs> when he attacks things? Yeah, because there's there's no actual <laughs> words there. It's just automatopoeias. <laughs> no, he does. Yeah. He plays like he's a voice actor, so he's oh, really? like kind of a Wolverine type it's all, character. It's all Foley. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he just like he goes, okay, so I and he rolls the die, and then he goes. Shing, shing, shing. All right. It's amazing, actually. But yeah. Except yeah. for when someone catches an elbow in the face. I'm usually sitting next to him. I've gotten really good at ducking. Really <laughs> excited there on the couch. Oh, the challenge. Just got a parry that he's going to parry. Let me see. Um, I, th- I think for that one, mostly, mostly I would, it's it's fairly easy to do with, with just, you know, like, he comes at you with a, a grand overhead swing, but you bring your own sword up, swatting his aside as though it were in nothing. In a shower more, of sparks. In yeah. a shower of sparks as though it were nothing more than a fly. Read a lot You've got of two really writers here. Cheesy so. novels. Yeah, hey. that's, that's really overdone, but it's, it's an hey, example. It's a, it's I succeed, a, therefore everyone else must drink. <laughs> She's making up her own rules. Damn right. Um, but no, I, I tend to about the 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 changing things versus um, critical or not critical failures and successes, but the difference in dice. I sometimes what? if I'm feeling like an overachiever, <laughs> uh, I'll make something a little cooler if they if they beat the target number by more than usual. Um, but uh, it, it kind of depends, or, or especially if it's like. If the t- you know, say that our target number is fifteen, and they they manage a sixteen, I'll, I'll d- describe something with them epically scraping by, you mm-hmm. know, scraping at a hit or a, a parry or whatever it is. And I am a, that's the thing that really sets apart a lot of games. Yeah, um, is the the rule of cool kind of extends to this, which is even if you were going to do something epic, and then you rolled kind of shitty. <laughs> As long as the DM is like, all right, no, 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 you were totally going to do that cool thing. Let me explain to you how epically you failed without having it turn and, you know, stab yourself in the foot. <laughs> I'm yeah. just 
fond of how twins NPCs always tend to crit each other. God damn it! Because <laughs> she and she she'll describe trolls tripping and falling over themselves yes. in in a humiliating pile. Yes. That's it's it's because I can't roll above a four when I'm DMing. I'm really happy we can't find that boss guy. <laughs> I have GM to, I have, screen that fixes that. No, it's true. But I, I, I seriously, I have, I have like the stork disease yeah, whenever I'm DMing. Bad. No, it's, it's she awful. storks it often. I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I try to, I try to add as much flavor as I can. To be fair, I, I tend to. I'm of the opinion that it's a lot harder to over-narrate a game, a game than it is to under-narrate a game. Mm. Um, so so just, just be as ridiculous as you can sometimes. Um, with something like like aiming, it's it's easy to, to state... I, I mean, I don't I don't actually play GURPS. I want to. But it's, um, you know, it's, I assume it's something where you, like, take a round to increase your damage or, or something similar. And mm-hmm. so... It's... <clears throat> it's, it's, it's wonderfully complex. Of course. It really is. <laughs> I played GURPS a long time ago, and I remember basically nothing. It's like a D&D grapple. <laughs> Especially the damage rules are just wonderful. It's, it, that, that, for, for me, playing GURPS, it, it, it's almost unnecessary to narrate yeah. wounds, because it's, it's specific. so specific. Mm-hmm. Oh, you hit the yeah, slim. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, you've done one-third health to the, to the limb? That limb is crippled. Nice. Mm-hmm. If it's yeah, it's half, really... Oh, look, it's severed. Jesus. Well, you lop the guy's arm off. That's yeah. like the finding the the bridge between, like, whacking someone. Like, okay, here's my die roll. Okay, you know exactly what happens to that limb, but it's not about what happens to the limb. It's how the person reacts to that limb. Mm-hmm. Oh, having that sure. Die. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's For true. Sure. Yeah. Is envisioning what are what Rope. is your player using? Is he Group's using got rules for that too? Yeah, I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah that, it does. Group's got rules for there's, everything. There's shock rolls. I mean, the, the, the yeah. person depending I on love how much shock damage, rolls. D- depending on how much damage they took, they're going to be at an enormous minus yeah, the I mean. next the next round if they don't have certain advantages and things. I mean, there's it, it is it is is so complete when it comes to combat. Yeah, that it yeah. Th- that's what I, I, I've used the phrase. I like to narrate beneath a pile of crunch, and the GURPS is what I'm talking about with yeah. that, because there's so much information you have from all the die rolls you have that it it almost becomes unnecessary to describe it, because mm-hmm. it's all right there in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I played a... Uh, the GURPS system that I played in was actually a PBEM, play-by-email mm-hmm. uh, game that we all used, that we all did on AOL uh, years and years and years ago. Yeah, right? It was totally that. And it You've was so, mail. like... Yeah, it's dude. My Ed still has AOL. Our roommate still has AOL. Oh my god! So sometimes, he'll like, he'll get home from work and go upstairs, and it'll just be like, "You've got mail." And I'm that's, like, "That's why he's home." Is just the "You've got mail." Yeah, I can't handle that. So, but like, yeah, GURPS is so like detailed that we didn't yeah. all of us even need to be in the same state to mm-hmm. play a full yeah. game. <laughs> Which is awesome, but it, I mean, you know, it, it all depends on how you want to want to narrate the thing. I try to go into as much as much detail like as I can, not necessarily about like what areas you hit, but you want to you want to talk about the, the the emotion of the moment and, and how it carries through, or what they're doing, or you know, for for spell casting things like he he lifts his hands up parallel and and begins to to shudder as great power collects swirling and and crackling between his hands. And then See, he's probably about to dump a great hands. amount of awful, horrible fucking damage on you. See, she mm-hmm. can't even really, like, she's really, really uh, just on the ball with this during our D&D games. Mm-hmm. Like, it... it I, I'm trying to remember what happened last week. We, we just played, like, last week, and I, I almost killed something. And it was, like, 
you you drive your dagger directly towards his heart, but he just barely manages to push it aside at the last minute and it scrapes across his armor. Oh, and it's like she does stuff like that all the time, and it's really good. Um, just basic basic description of what's going on and figuring out the intent of the player is like what is the player trying to accomplish? Are they just rolling the die, or are they being like, I specifically, I, I jump off of a table and leap into the air and aim a dagger down at this guy's head, you know, and then she can narrate from there. Um, or, you know, the, the DM can narrate from there. Therein lies the difference between just an attack and an all-out attack, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Because the more the, the player describes it, in my opinion, the more invested they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, the more they dump their points into it. I want to do this thing that I can only do this often. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. So as a player, I know that when, when I'm told by a DM something like, uh, you know, you're, you, you think for a second that you've got it, but he just barely manages to dodge, or he just turns aside your weapon at the last minute, I know that I almost fucking beat his AC. Almost. What you've just described in both examples, it seems like it's almost as important, maybe more important, to describe or to describe in detail the failures as much as it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I think it increases the the edge of the mm-hmm. situation, you know, especially well, it's in, in the immersion, right? And in an action and adventure game, like it's it's the when, when you finally nail that guy, it's way more satisfying. Yep, when, like I tried to hit him like five fucking yeah, times. It's way more <laughs> satisfying, asshole. When you know that like three times you were two fucking points mm-hmm. off of hitting up, yeah. off of beating his. Would you AC like to search? Yeah. yeah. Would you like to search? <laughs> yeah, we're playing in a mythic game. That was yep. that was what it was. Is yeah. that is that he used a, a surge ability to avoid, or not a surge, but something to avoid your attacks? So yeah. Is that he? He called up the Knight of the Gods in order to avoid it. I still killed him. Eventually. I'm so pissed that you got that. That you got that kill. I'm sorry. That's who I'm thinking of. That's okay. You got the dragon. That's okay. I rode the dragon. You did ride the dragon. I succeeded (sighs) so many climbs. It's okay. I did 99 damage to that other dragon. 99 fucking damage. Why couldn't I get that one other point? (laughs) 99 fucking damage. Would you like to search? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Email from Jonas. Hmm. P.S. Dear, he- <laughs> dear Happy Jacks. And that's, this is the way he wrote it. This is not me. I no, yeah. It says dear, P.S. Dear Happy Jacks. Jonas here again. I have a question regarding recurring villains. In my current fantasy game, my players recently killed one of their antagonists. They sneaked into his private chambers, <laughs> slayed him, <laughs> and ran away like giggling schoolgirls before any guards could arrive to stop them. Awesome. <laughs> One thing that hasn't occurred to my, for the moment, very proud players <laughs> is that they are playing a high fantasy campaign where resurrection through magic is common practice. <laughs> <laughs> they have actually escaped death and on occasion through a timely resurrection themselves, but that a villain might do the same thing hasn't been part of their worldview. <clears throat> Yet. Yet. Uh, they didn't take any kind of precautions to prevent this from happening with the big bad, and they will be utterly shocked when he comes back knocking on their doors. But I have a small problem regarding this. Recurring villains are extremely boring. Everybody says that they love the Joker, but it's hard to get an emotional impact when the Joker says he's going to steal all of the kittens of Gotham again. (laughs) After we have seen him being defeated by Batman one million times. So my question is, 
How to best handle recurring villains in a game with easy access to resurrection. One more thing. In my last email, I said I would send a digital gift for the ladies of the show, my, but my computer... <laughs> but my computer has... Uh, has an an unicorn-related accident. Oh. What? Oh, this is back from when the, we the, Kimmy hosted the all the all uh, women show. Okay. Uh, I will try to send it next time instead. Uh, as always, thanks for the superb show, Jonas. Uh, the only one of his kind. <clears throat> the wonderful thing about Genesis is that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh man. He's got a. He's got a, a world with resurrection. They just went and killed the big bad guy, but they have not yet realized. And I think that that's the key to what is really going to make it interesting yeah. is mm-hmm. the fact that if it it's really not occurring to them, yeah, Joker, it hasn't occurred to me. That's fucking amazing. Well, I know Joker what I would do. Level. Well, I know what I would do. Up the ante. Have them bring the bring the villain back in a moment when they're not expecting it and have him perma-murder a PC. Or a beloved NPC. Mm. But, like, perma-murder. You're because mean. <laughs> That's dark. Chop, 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 chop. Well, because then, murder, also, uh, it says right here that they didn't... Uh, they didn't have not learned the kind of precautions to prevent this from happening with the big bad. Let him show them. That's That'll hard. learn them. <laughs> That'll learn them. That's a hard Here's how you one. really kill someone. <laughs> Yeah, well, have honestly, Karma murder a beloved NPC. I think that that's how I I might like with an NPC. I don't think I'd do it to a PC unless no, it's a really not. high not a risk game. Probably not. But I might have him because the, I know that he's also talking about how it's it's crappy when you have a, a villain who recurs nine million times and it gets repetitive. That's true. Yeah, but, but the way to keep can be. But make them you, scary. Exactly. But if you you want to do it once, it's going to have impact. The once if he comes back and they don't see it coming, they're yeah. going to be like, "Holy shit! Why didn't yeah. this occur?" Yeah. <laughs> have him show up. Have him permanently murder an NPC they like. Mm-hmm. Have him murder the NPC in such a fashion that the NPC can't be brought back. Let mm-hmm. them see how that was done. Yep. I almost guarantee you that when they kill that villain again, they're, they're going to do, do that. It. <laughs> They'll learn the second time. Yeah. That'll learn them. Um. And you know, and if they don't, they'll. You'll figure something out. As a player, <laughs> you're never going to run out of NPCs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you could even have you could even have the the the, the big bad's resurrection itself be a lesson. You can Absolutely. have all of the, I mean, all of his henchmen who you know scattered and ran crying mm-hmm. suddenly are all assembled at some temple or something or other, and they're like, "What's going on over there?" All of a sudden, here comes the big bad guy walking out of the temple. Oh fuck, dude! You can make like. Little bad guys. You can turn into a huge thing. Like his great follower of the henchmen gather the henchmen and go tearing through the the countryside looking for components and people and sacrifices to go and bring his dude back and blah, 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 blah. It could turn into this whole weird, what are all these unrelated things that are happening? These these henchmen are running around slaughtering people and why is going on? I was was going to say, I think one of the best things you can do. The players are seeing it from the others. I was going to say, I think one of the best things you can do is drop one, maybe two really subtle hints about what these other henchmen are doing. Give like, them just a chance, mention, yeah. yeah, just mention, yeah. And, well, and set it up. I don't so know if I'd he, even give him a chance. I'd make, I'd make it as subtle as I possibly could so that when he shows up, they go, oh shit, that's what those guys were doing! Yes. As a player who's had several uh, uh, long-term reoccurring yeah. BBG-type characters, I will say that... Um, I have yet to have them be boring 
but only because they were handled specifically and in that they're made into my arch nemesis. <laughs> Goladir. <laughs> Goladir and Greenfield. Oh, like, these characters were specifically like, fuck you, PC. Yeah. That PC. And then when I fought fuck them... Fuck these six PCs in particular. <laughs> <laughs> and when I fought them, I could have killed them. I could have. They had stats. As long as they have stats, I can fucking... If they have it. stats, it can be killed. It's true. Yeah. But if I didn't, mm-hmm. if I was given the chance and I didn't, I knew I was going to see him again. Yeah. And I'm counting the days. Oh, I'm yeah. waiting. I'm counting on it. Well, it even even in this case, when you murder them, I think that it, it depends very much on how it's handled. Um, I mean, you, you can you can bring the guy back, but you want it to be impactful yes. when it happens. You want him to make an entrance when he does. That's mm-hmm. why I'm saying literally, like, have deal. him come out of the fucking shadows and, and murder an NPC yeah, that they love. Like, like opening, the do- opening the door to the nearest tavern and being like... Boo! <laughs> so what they do. But, like, you want it to be impactful when it happens. You want you want it to, to be something that they enjoy. And, and most of all, you don't want to beat the dead horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once he's done, he goes away and he doesn't come back. Read your and players it, Yes. That. And yeah. if the players need some guidance on making sure that he doesn't get rezzed again, by all means, drop hints for them, guide them a little, have somebody let them know ways to make sure that he doesn't get back up. Um, Give but, them small side quest in yeah. order to learn this. Yeah, yeah. well, like, you also Farmer Joe needs to burn his dead daughter who's turned into a lich. Because you know, wow, that's dark. Who's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I like how she's a lich God, too. Yeah, she's also a lich. Need to do that because perfectly normal people. Maybe stay she's in the vampire ground. spawn. Liches choose their life. Better. Oh, really? Is that how that works? Supposedly. Well, it depends on oh, what well, setting you're in, but you know. it's even it's even better that way. I mean, I got, we made you a lich in, I don't know. in game two of That's Hunter's true. Moon, but I got, that was fun. Yeah, I got 99 surprises, but a lich ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> How did this become about liches? What have I done? It's always about liches. There's one, one of the people on our forum has a. I bought that lich a phylactery. Liches love phylacteries. <laughs> That's it's amazing. How have I never heard that before? Don't know. Nerd it's someone's the icon oh my God. on the forum. It's How hysterical. the fuck have I never That's heard brilliant. that before? Heavy oh Metal God. Jess. It's her icon. It wow. makes me laugh every time I see it. Oh my God. <clears throat> uh, email from James. Thank you, Jonas. <laughs> there for the Yay, Jonas. Yeah. Like I, hope, I hope we helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to read it? Nope. Oh, good. yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Email from James. Happy Jack's crew. I have been listening to you guys for quite a while now, going through your backlog. I finally caught up and wanted to shoot you guys an email. While listening, I hear you like horror stories. Well, I have a lot of them. And if I told you them, it would take you about six shows to get through them. Well, I'll send those later, and instead I'd like to share a moment of RPG awesomeness. Well, let me build up to the awesomeness with my story. First, let me say I am newish to the hobby and my first campaigns, which were fun at the time, but when looking back on it, I had to... Must I admit it? Well, for the story, I do have to admit it. I was forced to be a munchkin. <laughs> yes, I was a oh, munchkin. no! So and in order to have fun in these games, I had to be a min-maxed combat monkey who only cared about the numbers. Oh. 
this became the norm because the only role play I saw was romance between player character and GM NPC. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, so I was sitting back, and that was in many campaigns. So I had to wait to fight, which wasn't long, but still, every time I tried to RP, it was the same. Yeah, okay, and then move to next person. Oh, that's an unfortunate DM. Shitty. Combat was the only thing I had. Well, time went on, and I found a new group. Good. Yay! And it is doing, and it is going pretty well. I finally got into the RP I always wanted to do. Yes! RP nerds. Mm. <laughs> Essentially becoming the face of the group without the skills, since everyone else in my group is built for combat and big numbers, I have gone the route of talking through combat. Also took a page out of C.A. Dave's book, Cadave's Dave. book, and opened a bar and took it one step further and rebuilt a city with their own money I found when I finally crit succeeded in finding the bank vault <laughs> oh, God. and finding over 100 million gold. <laughs> <laughs> invested instead of being that loot munchkin I would have been in my earlier roleplay years. Now the group is good, but we have some laid-back players that is hard to get them to RP, but we're finally getting them to develop as, as a character thanks to your advice. Now in this group, the GM and I have a couple if issues in our Pathfinder D&D 3.5 mashup. That's what we play. Yeah. <laughs> we have a problem with characters relying on detect magic and sense alignment. Thoughts. This is actually an easy yeah. solution. This has made it hard for both me and the GM because the goblins alignment ruined the challenge, and for me, I like because I like developing the story, and to me, that requires running into some magic traps once in a while because how the story is. Because how the story is after we get messed up by that trap is more interesting to me than finding all the traps ever. Truth. That's true. Mm -hmm. So my question is, how would you handle multiple <coughs> players relying on detect magic and sense alignment so that it doesn't become a crutch? Thanks, recovering min-maxer on the forum. <laughs> P.S. Stu, I have to... P.S. Stu, I have to say thank you for saving GURPS for me. There Yay! I played it before listening to you guys, and it was ruined for me because it was run very broken, and I got the core books because of the stories you told and your love for GURPS, and now after the core books, I have acquired many other GURPS books. My most recent GURPS in Nomine, and with that, I thank you. There you go. PPS. Take a drink. Woohoo! Party. So... For detect magic and sense alignment in Pathfinder and D&D, I know at least Pathfinder, um, that, that's, there are definitely ways, even just in the mechanics, that you can solve that. Um, one of the, an extremely low-level spell that you could totally get even on a scroll is undetectable alignment. So that if you have a, a character or an NPC who wants to make sure that their alignment isn't known for whatever reason, which if they're evil and intelligent, they probably don't want them to know. Mm -hmm. uh, or even if they're not good and intelligent, they don't want them to know. Um, they can get obscure alignment and, and you can add some mystery to that. Have the paladin be like, I sense alignment. Like, I don't know, it seems strangely hazy to you. It's unclear for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, and for detect magic, when it comes to traps specifically, there are some ways you can solve that. I, I'd have to look up the actual rules to remember precisely, but I know that there are some things that beat detect magic. I know that literally like a thin lead sheet yes, beats detect magic. <laughs> yeah. lead sheet. So does a foot of stone, I mm -hmm. think. And a couple of other things are listed in the actual, if you look up detect magic in the rules, yeah. it lists things that will that will overcome it. Um, and if all, like, I, obviously you can't really have magic traps in, like, an anti-magic field or anything ridiculous like that, but, mm -hmm. um, but there are some things that will keep them from being able to detect magic just mechanics-wise. 
And of course, there are always good reasons, in my opinion, to come up with, with story reasons why that doesn't work right then. Um, just for, you know, it, this has somehow, this magic has been hidden because the person who laid down this trap is exceedingly more powerful than you, or they was laid down by oracles who knew precisely what you would try, and they came up with reasons why you can't detect it and put them in place. I and, hate you know, detect alignment. Yeah. Frankly. I think it can be fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it can be fun sometimes, but it's... I don't like boxes. <laughs> but see that... The way I look at alignment, the evil versus good thing, mm-hmm. that's that's which team on the football pitch you're going to root for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. May have relevance to your morality, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just your worldview. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know the lawful chaotic thing is just sort of like w- what route you want to take mm-hmm. for your ends. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I think I think that alignment is fine in in a, a way to define how certain characters react to certain things, and I mm-hmm. like it in terms of their like in in twins uh, world that is her own setting. She has gods and goddesses that are some are lawful, some are chaotic. Um, mostly the like death is neutral things like that. I mean, I think that that kind of thing is important, but I think that encounters shouldn't be ruined by someone just go, oh, uh, I detect alignment on this peasant who's in trouble here in the middle of the road. Oh, detect evil? Oh, kill him. See, I think if alignment becomes more gray, yeah, where neither side is sure which side is the evil side, Mm -hmm. except they're the other side, so they must be the evil Mm -hmm. side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, it it might become more meaningless. I mean, I had a game where I had the players come upon a bunch of goblins who were minions of some much greater terrible force. The goblins were being forced to do what they were doing because their women and their young had been captured and were being held captive. Mm -hmm. After the party killed all but the last one and found this out, they felt really bad <laughs> yeah, about slaughtering all these goblins. And these goblins are evil. I mean, if these goblins had been in another situation, mm-hmm. they would have been motherfuckers to have to deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were forced into this situation, and suddenly it's not as clear. Yeah, they were unless they're evil. And if someone had decided to go ahead and, and cast a spell, oh, yep, they're evil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, nine times out of ten, if I have hired blades or whatever in, in that kind of game, I, I make it a point that they're not evil. They're just doing they're hired, it. right? Right. Um, <laughs> so just, but um, it's and it's, they and, and they, they 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 get bought, they stay bought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes is part of a code, and now they're lawful. Exactly. You know? like, right. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's I. I Especially because the be- the best kinds of villains are the villains who don't think I'm doing evil. Yeah, bad people you don't have think to they're bad, and crazy twirl. people yeah. don't think they're crazy. Right? They're, yeah. they're doing it for good reasons that they think are solid reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, they so may they know that they're doing not nice things. It can be great. Yeah. Right. And and in a Pathfinder D and D matchup, you're going to have the detect alignment thing because you're going to have paladins. Yep. And that's one of the inherent abilities that they have. And I think that. That there are certainly ways around it. Of course, part of the problem with having somebody have an undetectable alignment is the second a paladin can't detect their alignment, they're going to be like, well, why would they have something to hide unless they're evil? Yeah. Right. But, well, that's, I mean, better than nothing. I play paladin in D&D 3.5 Pathfinder mashup, and yes and no. Yeah. But, uh, because it depends on the player. Ideally, you're running a villain in such a fashion that they have no reason to ever cast the spell. It doesn't occur to them. It mm-hmm. doesn't occur yeah. to them to detect the alignment because why would this guy be a bad guy? Yeah. 
that to me, like that's that's the ideal, especially if you do have somebody with that capability in the party, is you write a villain who seems like a perfectly reasonable, normal guy. So honestly, aside from doing the whole like Stonewaller or uh, hide alignment or whatever, one thing I would do uh, in this situation to make it not become a crutch is uh, based on the example that Stu just gave is have it bite them in the ass at one point. Have uh, have them detect evil on someone. Like in uh, in a LARP, I used to play oh. a cleric who was chaotic good, but she had an item on her. It was an artifact. It was an artifact item that she was protecting from the bad guys that made her detect as evil. So that led to That's a awesome. lot of. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I Great loved it. And that led to a lot of miscommunications, including the one bandit encounter that I ran into where the <laughs> bandits uh, took one of my one of my party mates. Everyone else was down and the bandits captured one of my party mates and said, Surrender or we'll kill him and I said, Go ahead And they were like, What? And I said, Go ahead, I don't even like him. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and they went, What detect evil? And I said, Yes. And they were like <laughs> Well, you seem like, like a, a trustworthy sort. Would you like to join our party? <laughs> we have free pay. We so have I, like, systematically <laughs> took them down from the inside. But like, seriously, I would have I would have that go completely wrong at one point. Have them detect evil on someone who isn't evil, and just see what they do after that. I'll guarantee you they'll be a lot more cautious after they slaughter an entire village of <laughs> evil villagers who aren't actually evil. Right. <laughs> they just so. happen to have an altar in the middle of their town that they're protecting from a bunch of cultists. Make yeah. Them think about it. Yeah. They don't make them think. Make them think about it with that. Make them think about it yeah. with role play. Yeah. Um, as long as they have to think about it, they won't necessarily turn to it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't thought about false positives. Yeah. That, that that that'd be brilliant. I That's love that. Have that, that have that happen once or twice. I love favorite. that character. Favorite oh, you killed Bob the cleric. He's the nicest guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was running an orphanage. Yeah, but and he had giving enough. food to the poor. An aura of chaotic evil. Yeah, well, you know, can't help how your shit born. happens. <laughs> Well, yeah, he caught mumps, and ever since then... He- <laughs> yeah, it's just... Well, how do you think he's feeding all of the poor people? He caught this this stone that he puts in the soup, except that it's an artifact, and it's evil, but it makes a lot of soup. <laughs> it's really delicious, evilness. but evil soup. I also, I also had a... What else would evil be but delicious? Join <laughs> <laughs> the dark side, we have cookies. Yep, totally. Hi. It's there's I mean you know it's the it's the righteous good paladin who yeah. also happens to have have a demon bloodline. Yeah. That's that shitty. never happens. That never happens. That never happens. No. God you're cliche. I love you man. She has a character that's like that. <laughs> but hey, she's man. awesome. She's a great character. Yeah. She is a great character. <laughs> she's not actually what she sounds like. I like to take a cliche and then flip it on its ear and and do something different with it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it just makes me look like an idiot. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Look like. Yeah. <laughs> I know. King Strongbeard. King read Strongbeard. Whose turn is it? I read two ago. I can read it. Not it. All right, go. All right, true. <laughs> Email from King Strongbeard. That's a long one, too. We probably yeah, it take is. turns. All right. Uh, greetings, <laughs> lords and ladies of douche. Just tag out. I am known to the internet as King Strongbeard. I am a six-year... Well, I didn't vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a six-year veteran. 
uh, one of the rules of tabletop. <coughs> Eventually, it turns into Money Python. <laughs> I believe it's been at least like six weeks since we've had a Money Python. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh wow. God, impossible. I'm glad I, I would have made help. one sooner. <laughs> I am a six-year veteran of the RPG hobby, and for most of that time, my system of choice has been GURPS. I was born in Michigan. <laughs> I now live in Tennessee. Southerners say I sound like a Yankee, and Yankees say I sound like a Southerner. Oh, you poor man. <laughs> so feel free to invent an accent. I... Uh, I can't do Don't that. do it. Yeah, no. Don't do it. <laughs> to read this in, if you are so possessed, which I'm not. And well, well, you she could invent an whatever. accent, but it wouldn't be anything like either of those. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm a new listener to your podcast. I found you from the official groups. a tasty burger. <laughs> <laughs> That's oddly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I found you from the official GURPS forums where I was searching for GURPS friendly podcasts. No shit! Yay. Apparently. Awesome! And my work hours are long and dull sometimes. Aww. So I've been I've been tackling your backlog. Love what I've heard so far. I've listened to all of seasons eleven and twelve, and I'm now back in season one, and it's a long way back to the top. It is. Long time ago. Wow, that's mm. impressive. Wow. But enough of this bullshit, on to the point of the email. I'm afraid that I might be a douchebag GM. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose to explain, I should provide some backstory. So the PCs in my game work for a member of a royal family as sort of fantasy secret agents. They've delivered secret messages through monster-filled forests, rubbed Cerberus's tummy, Aww. recovered crown jewels from an undead-filled airship, and Tartarus guarded by zombie griffins. Uh, that all right. sounds awesome. Met Stingy Jack. I looked him up. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't remember what it said. It You're very helpful. <laughs> Punched a rock monster in the eye repeatedly, mm. fought in and won a martial arts tournament in an underground city, made a deal with a demon, traveled through a land experiencing a magical nuclear winter, met and royally pissed off the prince of that same land, mm -hmm. as is the PC's prerogative, yep. Yep. helped a ghost baby move on to the afterlife, Aww. and Aww. lost a variety of body parts along the way, <laughs> yep. among other accomplishments. <laughs> As you might guess. Right foot removed at angle. <laughs> <laughs> that still hurts. As you might guess, it's fairly high fantasy. Fairly. No. The current adventure finds the party in a fantasy not-Africa continent <laughs> in a colony city settled by people from their own nation. They are there investigating a situation with large numbers of refugees coming into the city. Long story short, they find that a local warlord has a demon-summoning sorceress working with him and is attacking the other local tribes. Now, what I expected the other party to do was to confront the warlord and his small band of warriors head-on, since the party actually does have the firepower to deal with them. The only question being how potent the sorceress and her demons were. Naturally, the players don't do this. Of course not. Mm -mm. Instead, they rounded up the refugees, used their influence to get the mayor to let more refugees in than he thought the city could support, and basically locked down the city. My reaction to this? I buffed up the enemy forces, planned for the sorceress to summon bigger, better demons to smash the enemy gates, and enlarged the number of agents she had hidden among the refugees. <gasps> Oh yeah, that's important. Unknown to the PCs, the sorceress is a changeling, and oh. I had planned on her having fellow shape-shifting agents steal an important MacGuffin from the city when they went out to confront her. But since the PCs stayed in the city, I increased the number of changelings from a handful to over a dozen, allowing them to, instead of just stealing the MacGuffin, to also attempt to assassinate numerous key NPCs, sabotage the only two airships in the city, and start a riot among the refugees, <laughs> all at the same time. Wow. <laughs> 
That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> During the assassination of the most important military NPCs, one PC, a mage and the only mage in the whole city with a spell Banish Demons, was there and I was there and I saw an opportunity to fulfill their bad destiny advantage disadvantage and temporarily crippled their ability to cast spells <laughs> Oh my god. Changeling, that's awesome. That's amazing. Dude. Mages in this setting need a particular personal thing to work magic. Hers is broken now, and it will take a month in game time to replace. Then I had that same PC pinned to the ground and stabbed in the vitals, Ooh. armpit armor gap, and left a bleeding and left bleeding out. She was saved by another PC only after failing ten bleeding checks in a row and wow. succeeding in a death check. That right there is cause for dice shaming. Yeah, dice shaming. <laughs> I'm so glad that's a thing. But even though she lived without her magic, she can't banish the demons summoned by the sorceress. The rest of the party managed to prevent the theft of the MacGuffin, and their actions allowed the colonel and his lieutenant to live. Though they are immortally wounded, healing magic will get them back up before long. Though the military airship has a, had a slight engine malfunction, read that as blew the fuck up. <laughs> they have yet to quell the riot. They'll be dealing with that soon, I think. And mm-hmm. the mayor, his family, and another en- friendly NPC are dead. Oh, Jesus. Wow. This I- is fucking awesome. Yeah, right? This, this is amazing. amazing. I want to play in your game. Yeah, I, right? I don't think that you're a douchebag GM. As long as the players are still actually having some small amount of effect, you're in this telling a story. Yeah. This is amazing. This no, is an amazing this story. This is great. Uh, yeah, um, this is like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. When they right. finally can like muster the shit Rise to fix it, right. it's yeah. going to be fucking epic. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. I don't know how the PCs will solve the problem, but my question for you is simply, am I a douchebag for scaling <laughs> up the enemy's resources in order to still challenge the PCs after their tactical decision? Nope. No. Mm-hmm. No. I, I no. think that, that as long as as long as their tactical decisions still had some sort of effect, like maybe if it had some yes. sort of positive effect, like, you know, th- there are a bunch of refugees who got saved who wouldn't have been saved without you're the not, PC's help. Yeah. Right. You're not punishing them. Exactly. Yeah. No, as you're making you it hard. hard. Yeah, you're making it difficult. That is different than punishing them. Yeah. They didn't have no effect. They just had an effect on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. You're continuing to challenge them without necessarily being like, Well, you're not playing the game I wanted, so fuck you. Um, yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. But, um, my goal at the time was to create an exciting and cinematic story for them, and they you seem did to that. yeah, it seems like it's and working. they seem to be enjoying things. When the mage PC's daughter, dependent, awesome name, saw her mommy nearly dead, covered in blood, emotions were clearly had by all. Good. Yay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that everybody would have the feels. Very yeah, good. Feels. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel a little guilty, like I cheated in just making the enemy more powerful in response to the PCs going on the defensive. Fuck what do you all man. think? Yeah, I, you're here to give them a challenge. You're here yep. to tell a, a mutual story, and that's what you did. No, honestly, if you're telling a good story, who the fuck cares how you do it? Yep. Even yeah. if you fudge rules. They're, they're having a great time. As yeah. long as it's still remotely realistic, and you're not just fucking over the players by telling them, well, no, you didn't play the way that I had it set up. Yeah. Great. Tell them a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, P.S. It's great having a friend in the group that can art. I here- agree. Yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Hi. Uh, yeah. he- here is the character portrait made for the PC mage in the story that I nearly killed, and there's a link. Yep. Yay! Uh, and and the link, uh, I, I, I glanced at it earlier, it is totally <laughs> a My Little Pony. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Is it like one of those mashups really? between My Little yes. Pony? No, I'm totally bringing picture. this up on my it's like Rainbow Dash. Or something? PPS, did you look at the picture? Yes. Good. That's right, douchebags. I've been talking about My Little Pony friendship is magic curbs <laughs> game. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> What the fuck? I still want to play. I 
be playing. I will. I will be. I will be fucking paintbrush dash or whatever. I, just, I will totally play this. Paintbrush dash. I just tricked you all into reading about my pony role play, <laughs> and you were surprised. Finish your drink. Yes. No. <laughs> Not happening. Dude, you've been really going at the DiSorono, yeah, though. Yeah. I, it's I? my cough drop. It's my cough medicine. Yeah, it's your sick. whole cough drop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one cough drop. I'm sick. Oh my okay. god, that's amazing. I have the flu. PPPS. <laughs> if it wasn't clear in retrospect, the thing mages need in this setting that was broken was the unicorn's horn. Which you can imagine, having broken off is a bit more traumatic for the caster than the wander no staff. No fucking kidding. Oh you my made god. This is why you like this. That's awesome. <laughs> that's why you like this. Holy shit. <laughs> it can be grown back with the regeneration spell, but since I removed the instant regeneration and restoration spells for the, this game, oh. it'll take at least a month. Also, if any of you are secret bronies, you might yeah, be me. interested in knowing... Yeah, that the member of a royal family that the PCs work for is Princess Luna. <laughs> I don't watch my ponies. I, 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 I watched the original. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I can't get into this I've newfangled s- pony shit. PPPPS. <laughs> Damn, this was a long ass email. I need a drink. <laughs> Me, Me too. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. Did we nicely just, done. We just got pony rolled. <laughs> <laughs> We really did. Don't we get me really started. did. I sing the whole oh, theme song. Oh man, that's amazing! Oh, don't get me started on eighties theme song, cartoon no, no, theme no, songs. We're not doing Gemini you know, holograms I, right now. I lived through the eighties. I n- don't remember that. I, song. So did I. But, well, <laughs> I had for five some years. of them, five years. I had of six. The 80s. I had six years. I'm the littlest one here. I'm just not going to talk. No, yeah. don't, don't talk. Um, I can do the entire Conan the Adventurer theme song. Nerd. I could probably <laughs> still do She-Ra. Well, yeah. I could hear that that nerd was spelled with a G. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> No, She-Ra, then. She-Ra was weird that. We Ironically, kind of I can't do the She-Ra theme song. And that's, well, that's ironic, funny. because reasons. <laughs> Since some of your family so, wrote for it. Yeah, so awkward. My first, yeah. my first like, cartoon crush ever as a kid was She-Ra. And it's awkward. I don't even know who that is. No? The, counter, oh the female God. counterpart to He-Man. I'm yeah. 47. I'll be 48 and 40. She-Ra, Princess of Power. I don't Happy know who that is. Early, by the way. The, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'd stopped watching cartoons when I was like thirty. Nineties no. <laughs> cartoons were the best. They were nineties cartoons. Like, didn't yeah. watch them. Oh well, never saw any of them. I, like not any. Not really. Not no. did you ever see? You didn't see He Man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He Man reeks. Conan, oh, he was terrible. <laughs> no, he's right. It's okay. He's right. It did blow balls. That's hate. That's pure hate. I you, can see it right now. That is terrible. Pure hate. There's, oh that, god, it was the animation awful. is shit. It's true. Well, the animation during all, like most cartoons yeah. during that time, was shit. It's true. And what's with the dolphin shorts? It was the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> was He Man from the eighties or the nineties? He Man was from he's, the. I don't know. Late eighties, early nineties. I didn't. I didn't watch. Late eighties, early. Most 90s. Most of them are asleep because most of them are East Coast. I don't know. Oh God. Let's see. There's Kurt. There's another Kurt. Hi Kurt. There's Tell me about Kurt. Kurt. Mallard Kurt squared. I don't know. There's me. There's Will H. Will H is West Coast. Where's my homie? AJ White. Did Wolf. Rick go to sleep? Tell me you at least watched seven, like gone. Batman the animated series. No. Gargoyles. Nope. nope. Dude, I didn't even watch Gargoyles. Nope, I was in college I never knew by it was then. On. Nope. No, dude. I, I went watched, and watched. I watched cartoons through like, like seventy nine. The D and D cartoon. Honey. 
see how much I, I, that was I 83. Did watch, I did watch the D&D cartoon because it was D&D. Uh-huh. And I actually have it all on on. on so D&D. do I. Yeah. <laughs> and, I and my kids watch, have, have seen the entire My favorite part. is the kid who has a shield but nothing to actually like. That's Bobby. With, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Bobby the Barbarian. With a unicorn with a speech impediment. That's yeah. beauty. Right. Wow. <laughs> Not I know shit. Have, you, but, have uh, you seen this? I don't think you've seen this. I've only movie. seen like 13 episodes because reasons. <laughs> so like like Sigmund the Sea Monster? Yes. What? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Now we're doing Croft. Really? Old. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I watched the, them as Lidsville? they came out. Lidsville. <laughs> I I didn't watch Lidsville as, as it came out because I like, think oh, that, 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 that would have been like. 71, 72. I can't. I may have watched it, but I don't remember watching it. But I do remember Nobody watching it. Nobody remembers the, the 70s. The Bugaloos. The Bugaloos. Watch the Bugaloos. Yep. So, funny story. I actually. About. So, funny story. I actually. Had a crush on the girl in the Bugaloos. Who didn't? Right? <laughs> so, funny story. I actually pitched a uh, new version of the Bugaloos to Marty Croft for CBS Studios. Did you really? Yes, you know, I did. My, my wife worked for, uh, on a, a pilot for him. That's awesome. He's an interesting man. I had yeah. several meetings with him at CBS, and he's uh, he's hilarious. I we, I really liked him. He really liked me. Uh, but they and they wanted my series, but uh, then they couldn't sell it, so it didn't happen. Yeah. But <laughs> my wife, my wife worked guy. on a a, a, a walk around costume <laughs> for a dog uh-huh. with huge like jeans. In fact, I have the first pair of jeans. Cause I'm, and it's going to be one of the supervillain costumes for the for the champions LARP. It'll be Captain Big Pants. Because <laughs> like I mean, I mean the massive legs, the, the like waistband oh is like oh like God. five feet back, <laughs> huge. That's awesome. It's like the pants I used to wear in the early two thousands. Yeah. But the, this this dog, God, he was like a seven foot figure. They built it here. Nice. And in fact. It, I don't know. I think we still have it. There was a drawing on the wall inside the booth <laughs> of the dog full size with the kid that was like his sidekick, but his face and like his eyes, HR Puff and stuff all the way. Oh, of yeah, course. No, exactly yeah. like HR Puff. No, if you yeah. look at like all of their stuff, when I was when I was working with Marty Croft, he he handed me a DVD of like all of their shows, and I sat down and watched it all uh, during one very surreal afternoon. And it's like the time that we sat you down and made you watch every Schoolhouse Rock episode oh my God. in a row. <laughs> I had never seen Bob Schoolhouse Rosa. Rock. So great. Jeez. So I had never seen Schoolhouse Rock, and uh, Twin was like, oh my God, you've never seen Schoolhouse Rock? Yeah, and the, it was like this thing. And yeah, there was Head Explode. And I and I were in a show for it in high school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, so ki- my kids you. were in a community oh, theater yeah, show like for it. Yeah, and they, um, a, a friend of ours at the time was, he was like, trigger finger with netflix is you'd be like he'd be like oh you've never seen that let me just get my phone and order it on netflix right now and it'll be at your house without your knowledge in like a week so he did that with schoolhouse rock and they sat me down in front of all of it it was awesome. Awesome. in one setting there's far too much see I, I i i i got the dvds there was like a four dvd set i don't remember about 30% of it because yeah. I stopped watching Saturday morning cartoons mm. apparently at some point and <laughs> and they and they kept doing those things but I do remember all of multiplication rock and I remember most of the history yeah. stuff but like there was like uh, it's a 
Janet, she's a galaxy girl. That one, that one was <laughs> after was one my there? time. Oh, uh, it was also one of their one of the most. Like, I had seen the the eight. Like, I'm just one, a build. The figure eight one on like songs. when I well, yeah when I when I saw it when I was sitting there in my living room as like a twenty something adult like sitting there I was like. I remember this. But number nine? <laughs> yeah, Naughty. Naughty. Grady Tate, man. Nasty number nine. Number that was nine. my favorite. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, yeah, I, I can't stew, should have to. Yeah. I didn't know that one. <laughs> no. It was great. I, I was... Well, the ride of Paul Revere. Yeah. Nation we... on its ear. I never yeah, heard I just... any of that. I just knew that, oh, I mean, and then at one point they showed it to me all. We sat there from like 10 o'clock at night to like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> what is this happening? This is an music. example of how the PCs go screaming off into the hills, yeah. topic-wise. Yeah. Obviously, we have to run a schoolhouse rock <laughs> no. tabletop. No. Get fun. No. Zero yeah, is get my hero. You know what? No. That can totally be done. <laughs> no. no. Can totally of course it can. No. <laughs> you can do that in anything. Yeah. That would be awesome. Zero my hero. Folks have fun. I'll play a magic number. I'll play in this if Stu will watch 90s cartoons. Mm. No, no, we'll some yeah, 90s we'll cartoons. Some, some 90s some cartoons. Some select some. 90s some cartoons. You don't yeah. understand. Actually, a lot of them <laughs> Like, no, you really don't. You don't understand, <laughs> man. No, you really it was the 90s. No, you really, really don't. <laughs> I was spending all of my time working in the 90s. and. <laughs> oh, nice. I was... <laughs> not, not watching a lot of TV. Firefly. Oh, Firefly. Firefly. I didn't see Firefly. Late nineties, wasn't it? No, no, because I was. I think I was in junior high or high school. And <laughs> yeah, I no. Haze. To, to date myself. Um, <laughs> far, no, I was. I was. It was like <laughs> twenty. It was like two thousand five, two thousand four, two. Like no, no it was it's like not, It's been more than ten years, hasn't it? No, it's been about ten it's years. It's been too long. Yeah. It's been about two thousand three. Yeah, eleven years. It's been 11 okay. Years. Yeah, because it was ten years. Last I know. Year. I know it was only one fucking year. season. I know that for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, that was the same year that I graduated high school. That was the last. Well, Serenity was. Ser- oh no, I'm sorry. Ser- you're two years older than I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Serenity was the same year that I graduated out of high school because yes. that's when Deanna was pregnant and we went to go see it in the theater and we were afraid that she was going to have her kid in the she middle of Serenity. She was behind <laughs> schedule. She was supposed to have already had the baby. Didn't she, like, like, sneak a bunch of food into the no, theater? No, dude, I'm getting Johnny Rockets, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, no one's gonna fucking check the pregnant lady. She shoves it up her jacket and keeps walking. We're like, oh, eating whatever. hot wings in the middle of Serenity in the movie theater. It was awesome. Deli- evil's delicious. <laughs> Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Nothing. Is it, it, sh- it looks like it's showing the air dates on mm. Google. But it said the train job was not episode one, was it? No, it was. Uh, no. It was a follow up. It was not the pilot. It was episode one after the pilot. Only well, yes. I think they. It says it the first. air date for that was September twentieth, two thousand two. Are they? Are they? It might have been because they played the train job before they played the pilot. Did they? Really? Okay, but yes, the thing is, well, that was the order. problem. That was part of the reason that Why Serenity got canceled was because it got played out of order. Yeah, it, they played. It so out a lot of people, it, it didn't make sense. It went through two thousand two, and it. The last episode aired December 20th, but then episode 12 airs June 23rd, 20, 2003. Which yeah. one is it? Heart of Gold. Heart of Gold. But see, the thing no, is, the last, I, right. I very specifically remember I was working fair 
And I was debating whether or not to go out to fair on Friday nights Mm -hmm. and set up and camp and party Mm -hmm. or stay home and watch Firefly (laughs) and go out early Saturday morning, which is normally what I would do. Yeah. Okay, that's April, May, and June. Yeah. Yeah. That is not July and that is not December. So what, what website are you looking at? I, it's it's Google. Google. It's Google. Oh, it's that it shows the episode. Um, that, maybe that was the completion dates. Maybe that might have been the last time the episodes ran. Or it's also possible that those are if it says that it's the air date that instead of not necessarily talking about airing them on on like national television so much as perhaps they had a premiere. That I may also have been the scheduled air date for something. No, I watch uh, I watched them first run. I think yeah. I'm almost certain I watched them first run. I don't. Well, yeah, I know that I didn't. Honestly, I didn't watch it when it was on TV. Yeah, I, didn't I was like, know oh, about this it. is so awesome. It, so all I knew was that Joss Whedon had a new series out, but I was doing other shit. Well, and part <laughs> of the problem, from what I understand, was that Fox kept being like, yeah, it's totally on at 8 or whatever, and then they, and it, they not, bounced it around. They bounced around with the time. I, they yeah. finally settled on Friday nights, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of a shit TV night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and by then the it was too late TV. anyway. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I never knew when it was, when it was on, and I knew that it was a, a huge problem that they were airing them out of, out of order, which, you know, would be, I didn't but... Care. I didn't care. Yeah. I, I well, I just for a lot of people, it was it was really weird. Like they couldn't get into it because they didn't understand what the fuck was happening. I don't think I would have cared either. But it's still like when you do something like that, that's very specifically a mini series. You don't fucking air them out of order. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of networks do it that. Ha- though it, it had it had an overarching story. Yeah. But that yeah. story was only touched on here and there. Right. Each it, episode in and of itself was generally its own thing. It's got, it was yeah. a lot like Star Trek in that way. It was a little yeah. bit standalone, but it still had things that referenced other things. And yes, that was the, I did. mean, this was still a problem even back in the early 90s with things like Gargoyles, is that yeah. sometimes they would air episodes out of order, and Gargoyles was one of the only TV cartoon shows that actually held continuity. Mm-hmm. So things I, would get out of order and people would be really confused. I think they did that with Mummies Alive. And when I would kid when I was Mummies Alive, really? Yes. (laughs) Mummies Alive, dude. I was obsessed with Egyptian stuff. Did we just go all the way back there? No, that's true. She's still obsessed with Egyptian stuff. It's bad. But like I would No, it's awesome. I'd never heard of that. Off of the the school bus and go sit down and turn on the TV and hope to God I didn't watch it but I knew about it. And they would occasionally air it out of order and I would get really confused and that's all I really remember about it was but I if it's a good enough made show, sense, but it's really good. Yeah, so if it's a good enough show, it. you watch it anyway. It's like, well, see, actually Firefly, the thing is, when I when I watched Firefly, if there, if it aired out of order, it didn't matter because there was all kinds of questions. Why the fuck do they cuss in Chinese? <laughs> I mean, there's supposed to be like a reason for that. Like, I'm sure there there would have been at some point. And well, it was, like, well yeah. it's theoretically, I think it was Merging. because I mean, mostly the the big superpowers in terms of, of taking people into space were yeah. were, were America and China. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it was like every everyone America. was basically bilingual because China was the superpower yeah. in the future, representative right. of yeah. melding. Yeah, culture. It was something like that, but it was never actually explicitly explained. So if something happened in another episode. And got referenced. Yeah. What do I care? Yeah. They're still cussing in Chinese, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah. Most for me was that, that's fair. that in, in a show like that, they did have solid character arcs, and sometimes you would come in and be like, "What the fuck happened? Why is this? Why is James being acting less of an asshole? Yeah. That, that I never yeah. noticed. Yeah, but okay. it's it's you know it was it wasn't like overt, but sometimes you would uh, it would it would be a little. 
It also depends on what yeah. you're looking for that's true. when you're watching. That's I think true. that's for sure. yeah. what you identify with more. I love character arcs more than overarching plot. Overarching <laughs> plot can be shite. I do not care what this, like, plot A, like, I'm waving, I like, like you can see. I, I also like Two both. by two hands of blue, man. That's oh, it's so good. good. You, know, you, know, good. you know, we played in a Firefly LARP. Oh, did you really? Yes, there's, a, there's a new one likely starting up fairly soon. Yes, actually, there is. And yes, but we, we played in a we played in a Firefly LARP, and let me tell you that moment when uh, somebody walked into the room in a full-on suit and blue latex gloves. The walls are fucking The whole player base had to be peeled off <laughs> it was the ceiling. Amazing. Oh, it was terrifying. Beautiful. It was terrifying. Moment. Like literally, we walked into a room and there were two people sitting at a desk, dressed in, like in business clothing, with blue hands folded, hands on, folded the desk. on the desk. And we're all Godzilla. <laughs> we turn around and go, no, 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 that was the most Kaylee's. I really want to try out the uh, the Firefly tabletop system actually because they have their own. Like they have yeah. a, an actual system. It's uh, Cortex. Yeah. Um, are they coming out with the new one? Is it kind of traveler esque or no? Not no. at all. It, it's um, Cortex is. God, how can I describe it? Cortex Plus is kind of fady. You know, okay. Fate. All right. Okay. A little, okay. a little bit because some of the people that did Fate are involved Very in cool. it. Um. Uh, you, gra- you you take two dice and then it, it's use a lot of polyhedral dice and you add them together and mm-hmm. okay I, I'm trying to remember it because I have I I have a, a review copy of Serenity but the book I read most was um, what was the name of that series a series about a bunch of like uh, thieves that work together to like screw corporations. Um, not Shadowrun, is it? <laughs> no, it was a mo- it was a TV series. It was on. Uh, oh, uh, uh, leverage? leverage. Yes, yeah. leverage. The leverage you. RPG uses Cortex wow. Plus. There's a leverage the RPG. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. dude, that's my really thing. Really cool, and it's got it's my jam. It's got it's got really very very good sort of like retcon rules because it's like oh we get to this point and oh there's this glitch. Oh, but we're going to retcon it and say that, oh, I went ahead and took care of that long time ago. And, yeah. You know, when Kendra Pouch yeah, there's flashbacks. Right. Kendra yeah. Pouch grab rules. <laughs> oh <my God>. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic series. Yeah, especially if you have a, a DM cool. who's good at, at narration. That's always yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Speaking, well, speaking of, of the Firefly game, Ed, I think you have it. I want to read it. It's gone. <laughs> oh, oh, damn it. It's Ed's passed gone. out. I don't blame him. Midrin? Yeah. He's, He's got, got a, a, yeah. It's Midrin, right? Yeah, Midrin's Ed. Mirtrin, yeah. yeah. Mirtrin's oh, still there. Oh, oh, okay. Green text. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of the other thing. All right. Yeah, we were like, oh, it has to work tomorrow. No, it's Saturday. No, but he, there's um, uh, there's a, a costume pool for, pull for DK tomorrow, uh, but I'm probably gotcha. not going to make it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I think he's going to. All right. So. Well, yeah, so twin Ed, Twin's going to raid your, your gaming room. I totally am. You know, I still haven't seen the last Harry Potter. Just saying. Like, it's all right. This How is, is that? This is on they the... They go downhill. The, the books, I loved. Yeah. I, I fucking loved oh, the books. Oh, they're amazing. The, the, movie, the movies go downhill, starting with Goblet of Fire. Dude, I thought the I third one was fucking awful. I didn't the enjoy... The third one was my favorite. Prisoner of Azkaban was, was my favorite book, and I hated that movie. I was okay with Azkaban. Goblet they of Fire, I completely left it. out everything regarding the Marauders. That and, is But true. they included them in the movie, and didn't explain them at all. So, I, I, I come at this from a really interesting perspective, because... Um, 
I was about 13, 15-ish when the books first came out, I think. And uh, I never read them. I read the second one, because I read it to my little brother. But it's, And I was like, oh, okay, this is a, you know, it's a kid's book. It's interesting. Sort of. Never really read it, because uh, most of the fans that I met about Harry Potter were rabid, crazy, insane. Yeah. Oh my god, this is the most original thing you've ever read. It's, it's, and, and like, Okay, so different. I grew up reading The Worst Witch by Jill Murphy, so I was like, alright, this is not the most original thing in the world, but like, you know, whatever, that's fine, I'll, I'll read it. And then all of the fans scared me off, so I never read Harry Potter. That's um, like Savage Worlds players. Yeah. yeah. So I she want to play. play. It's your fault. I want to play. I want to try it out. Yeah. Sa- Savage Worlds is a good game. Yeah. So she it's loved good. the books, and she wanted to show me the movies. So she specifically said to me, okay, I want to show you all the movies since you've never read the books. And I said, okay. Don't explain anything to me about the books then, because I want to, if I'm going to see the movies, I want to just see the movies and see how the movies are from the perspective of someone who has never read the books. Because I, I love Lord of the Rings and seeing the movies with, you know, having read the books. And it, it's a different experience. So I wanted to just see the movies. So we sat down at one point and watched all of the movies, like in a row, like over like a two and a half day period. Just all like, what, eight of them? I need to do that. Yeah, eight. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, it was really interesting, except that there were a lot of things that, even though I said to her, don't explain things to me, she couldn't not. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there was a bunch of There's shit that we would so just, like, the credits would roll, and I'd be like, okay, what even the why? <laughs> what? 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 Why would they do that? But... I like having not read the books. I think that the movies are generally perfectly acceptable, except for the little nods to people who have read the books that are like, "Oh, you know what this is about," but everyone else, fuck you. Well, basically, which honestly, I'm generally fine with. (laughs) The movies are passable, but the books are so great that in comparison, you're like, oh. Well, there are certain things about that, like in Lord of the Rings, that I like. I love the movies. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong, I love the Lord of the Rings movies, but there are some things that make me rage. I don't want to talk about... Should we want to get her started? I can't, I can't fucking stand Tolkien. Okay, so Tolkien <laughs> is terrible. a shitty writer. Terrible writer. He's a fucking terrible writer. I, I, I think... I, I enjoy reading the words he writes. No, reading I the words he writes... I stand how he paces stories. No, no, no. Yes. No, it's like slogging through a fucking mire. Grapes it's terrible. Oh, fuck. Turtle it's terrible. crossing the road. So that moment slug. when, like, when Gandalf leaves Frodo to go do the research at, uh, at like, at Isengard, because he thinks that he might have the Ring of Power in the movie, it's like a, a quick cut, and, you know, Gandalf leaves, right, and he yeah, comes yeah. back, it's and it's montage. like, oh, God, in the book, that's 17 years. Guy got no sense you know of dramatic no timing. It, remi- it, it reminds me of of George R. R. Martin and the HBO show. Because I read the first third of the Game of Thrones book. You got farther than I did. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I cannot read about how horrible people are to each other. Oh my yeah. God. And these Stu, awful things people do I to love each other. You. <laughs> Thank I, you I, I can't understand. Game of Thrones was mentioned earlier on this podcast, and I was like, I can't say anything because I'm going to invite like all kinds of nerd rage oh, and fuck. completely revoke my geek card. But I got halfway through the first book and threw it across the room. Can't handle it. And I was like, I'm done. I didn't I'm get halfway done. through it. I mean, I'm, I'm done. I, I barely got got. Pa- I, 
I, I may, maybe like fifty pages past the part. Sorry, where they Kurt. Push I know you like the, the show. The oh no, thing. that part was like. The show. Well, at that point, I'm like, oh I was like, well, they just shoved a kid off a bed. All right, well, you know, I got we'll a se- I have a seven year old son. Yeah, no, right? yeah. I have like, little brothers. Like, fuck you, fuck yeah. you and your Aspergers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He ha- He totally has it. You can totally <laughs> tell by the way he writes the books and the way that people who don't have it, who work at HBO, tell the story on the show. Mm-hmm. So, from everything that I have heard about George R. R. Martin, and like my uh, my mom has been. Both of my parents are writers, so my mom has occasionally been on panels with him, like at conventions and whatever, and she has nothing but nice things to say about him. She says he is a wonderful, very nice, jovial, sweet man, and everything that I have heard about him... That's surprising. No, everything I have heard about him has confirmed it. I love quotes that I see from him online, and it's really funny because I have this outstanding argument with a a longtime friend of mine because he can't wrap his mind around what it is I don't like about Game of Thrones. And every single time it's brought up, it's, well, Maui just doesn't like uh, George R.R. Martin. And I'm like, no, I have no problem with George R.R. Martin. Oh, well, she doesn't like his prose. No, I I had no problem with his prose. He's a good writer, I think. I do not like his characterization. No, his characters are perfectly believable. They're just all dickbags, and I had no sympathy (laughs) for any of them. Um, that's, I had oh, well, one. Maui just doesn't like dark fantasy. No, I'm sorry. I love dark fantasy. Oh, I just fucking hate Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. I no. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not just sorry. Not sorry, not sorry. I hate Game of Thrones. It's just not my bag. Have you seen the not series? No. You should watch the series. So I was, I was just talking to my little brother about this, and my little brother likes the series, and I was like, which I can't one? Are you fucking serious? No, Dash. He watches Dash Game of Thrones. He does. Series. He does. And I was like, I can't fucking believe you watched it. First of all, my my little brother is watching Game How of Thrones. How old is he? Oh, he's twenty two. <laughs> I have so many problems. He's a grown ass man. He's a grown ass adult, but twelve. In no, my I know. Head. I know, Sorry, but Dash. like, I can't. I I can't handle that. And he's like, No, well, I'm sad that you won't. That you haven't given the show a chance because. I, I don't care about the series, really, but I like the characters. I think they're interesting. And I was like, well, that's great for you. I didn't find one single character that I actually like. They're liked. different. They're I'm different sure. in the series. That's yeah. why I okay. actually, I actually kind of want to give the, the series I haven't a try. seen the show at all. Jamie becomes yeah. this incredibly conflicted, complex character. And I love, like, a lot of the time when I talk to people and I say, I hate Game of Thrones, they go, basically, what they do is they go, well, you're a little pussy pants who can't stand violence. And I go, hi, have you met me? <laughs> yeah. That's not You want to see how well I can stand violence, motherfucker? <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> my, my issue. But. I found one character I liked. They killed him almost instantly. Of course. Well, my problem with the series is that it seems thus far to have a very specific ongoing theme mm-hmm. of no good deed goes unpunished. Yes. Like, literally, that is n- everything that I have heard about it, is you do something good, you're going to get fucked bad. And, oh my god, I'm inviting so much you hate mail right now. No, it's cool. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Suddenly our Even- Kickstarter drops like $400. <laughs> <laughs> I only read that much of the first book, but having watched all the series to date, I cannot disagree with what you just said. Yeah. Well, and you know what? That's fine, because 
bad shit happens to good people, and that's true. And I'm not one of those people who just, which is something else I've also been accused of by not liking Game of Thrones, <laughs> is only liking my Fluff and Bunnies unicorn fantasy, which is not true. Not true. But the books, at least, I haven't watched the series, but the books at least were just a little bit... Why would I read this for fun? It... The, the reason I'm... I, I won't read... I, I, like I said, I read an inch of the book and I won't read anymore. Yeah. The reason I will continue watching it is in the hopes that at some point one of the few remaining Stark children <laughs> <laughs> might live you know, and have a happy life. That and that would be enough for me. That tenuous <laughs> hope is good and honestly I'm a big firm believer in, uh, in compassion even for villains. And yeah. I think that by having a series with a lot of complex, in many cases, bad characters, that you nevertheless understand and feel compassion for is a good thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I think that's a good thing. But the problem that I, had, that I have with it, one of the problems I have with it, is that there's a lot of justifying. Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot of, when I say... Jamie fucking pushed a seven-year-old out a window. Spoilers. Spoilers. I hear... That's like 50 He fucking tried to kill a seven-year-old. I hear, well, you have to understand why he was doing it. But he had reasons. I'm no, like, he killed a fucking seven-year-old. Yeah, he was fucking yes. his sister. Yeah, because he didn't want the seven-year-old to find out that he was fucking his sister. I mean, you know... Sorry, like, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> but like, okay, that's, you know complex character that's fine have compassion for that because i think that we should have compassion for murderers i think that we should have compassion for rapists and child killers because, because then we can understand them and figure out how to fix it mm -hmm. but that's just my overarching worldview and but but just because i believe that doesn't mean i want to read about it for fun right well <laughs> that's my thought the, the, the character for entertainment the character, the character it, it of, seems of jamie and 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 I'll tell you about an interaction that between my wife and I. As we're reading the story, um, Jamie meets another character who is an incredible, awesome character who is basically a a woman who has eschewed the ladyhood and basically behaves as a knight. And she's fucking awesome. She is a goddamn paragon of Marty virtue. In. So I have interesting in thoughts way. on that one. But... <laughs> <laughs> there is a relationship that happens between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And during that relationship, his character... Now, I don't know if, if that's what happens in the, in the books. But in the, I don't either. In the, in, but in, in, the, in the TV series, his character is changed by her. Good. And he gets character to the point where... He, it, started, it gets to the point where I was sitting there, I'm like, you know what? I kind of like him. And my wife yeah. turns to me and says, "You know, he pushed a seven-year-old mm -hmm. off a fucking out of a fucking window." I'm yeah. like, Oh Thank yeah, you. he did. Well, good people do bad things, but right. I, you know, and it, it reminded me at that moment. It reminded me of a Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Where, uh, where, yeah. You have this character who is a fucking like thirteen-year-old sociopath mm -hmm. who gets. All this horrible shit happened to him at the, by the state, mm -hmm. and then gets brought back to his original state, which is a fucking sociopath, yep. Yep. but you feel really good for him, and yep. you're like, oh, at least I, I have sympathy for yeah. you now. Yeah. And it's that weird, twisted 
I don't even know what it is. But it it it, it it's it's this it's, morality it, lines. And it, it's not even morality. It it is it is twisting your sense of humanity. Well, and I think that's and saying important. it. I think it is, and and that and they've done that with that character because mm-hmm. I'm like. I like Jamie. Jamie's like, I, I understand that. Like, he pushed a fucking kid out of yeah. window. What the fuck? No, honestly, I, I think that Game of Thrones, and I think that the pervading fascination and the popularity of Game of Thrones is honestly a good thing. I do. I really do. Because I think that those, I think that those things are important, and I think that it's a good story. Like, uh, aside from all of the uh, incest and rape 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 and violence and rape. Um, I'm gonna go I, out on a limb and I, I guess that there's the story. fewer rapes <laughs> in the HBO series yeah. than there are in the books. Maybe I, I don't know. Nice. I haven't seen it. But um, but uh, like even even with all that, because I'm also not one of those people who think that a rape should never be a story device. Because you know what? It happens. It's terrible, but it happens. And part of the the job of writing is to tell the truth. Part of the job of writing is to tell the truth, even if it sucks. And in some way, I think that that's what George R. R. Martin is doing, and I commend him for that. But it's not my jam. Right. Just yeah. for your peanut from. butter, in fact. Nope. I think HBO <laughs> is George R. R. Martin's greatest editor. I might. Okay, like <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> that. I've had enough recommendations that I might give the series a try, but. Why do we have HBO? Thanks, Ed. Yeah, thanks, Ed. <laughs> but oh, like, HBO I come go. downstairs. Yeah. I come yeah. downstairs, and and our roommate is dun, watching dun, Game dun, of Thrones, dun, 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 and I get like unreasonably <laughs> angry, and I'm like, okay, I, I have to leave the room right problems. now. Watch. So, I, I would suggest. I will watch it. Watch, I will, watch a couple right. and and see if it hooks you. I'll give it and a play, shot. I mean, the, the Tyrion character, he is like. Of course. I liked him in the books. I mean, aside from the whole you're supposed to have sympathy for him participating in the gang rape of the woman he loved. Right. No, sorry, don't. I didn't get that far in the book. Yeah, it it comes to light, spoilers, that uh, in his backstory, uh, his father found out that when he was in love with a woman, he told, his father told him that she was a whore. And had the entire, like, and had all of the the soldiers gang rape her in front of him. And he participated in it because she was a whore, so she didn't deserve his love. And she, then he found out that she wasn't a whore, and you're supposed to have sympathy for him for this. Each, and I'm like, that no, HBO I'm sorry. completely changed that. Keep, well, keep in mind that I read this once about ten years ago now, honestly. So it, no, if no, I'm what you're misremembering may, may, some things, what you're I apologize. Maybe entirely act, accurate with what he wrote, <laughs> but H because I, I specifically know what you're talking about yeah. now that you mention mm-hmm. his father and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed that story. I believe it. So that, it, it, yeah, it, it's not the same in in the HBO. That's what I remember. I mean, there were there are certain things in the books that that you're supposed to have sympathy for characters for that I just didn't like. Well, see, uh, Cat- Catelyn Stark, who's who's a, a bitch to Jon Snow because she's the illegitimate child of Eddard. Right. Sorry, no sympathy for her. Right. I don't have any sympathy for her. It says that uh, he can do the HBO on demand, and you can start from the beginning. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate <laughs> it. If he you, wants me to watch you, Game of Thrones. It, it takes an enormous <laughs> amount of work because who's your cable provider? Charter. Uh, AT and T. AT and T. Okay. HBO Go is an app you can put on a you can 
you can put on a computer or you can put on a, any device, iPhone or anything like that, mm-hmm. and you can watch every episode of every series that HBO has ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. Whoa. It's a, oh, yeah. It's Whoa. amazing. Uh, and <laughs> also, if you have HBO, you might have Cinemax and Showtime as well. Yeah, I think Maybe. so. Yeah. yeah. Each of those have their own app as well. Okay. Wow. So uh, you can also watch all of Penn and Teller's bullshit. <gasps> yes! yes! It's Fun. fucking awesome. Fun. Okay. We need to catch up on, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, we need to catch up on a lot I've of things. But I just... It. Okay, so like I'll try, you know, in, in hoping that we get to come back to the show again at some point. Yeah, yeah. I will try to watch movie. some Game of Thrones to combat all of the hate mail that <laughs> I'm going to get for this episode. <laughs> try, try an episode or two. I will. I will try the series. I the, have heard people say that I should try the series. The char- I, 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 I do not hate the characters in the HBO series nearly as much as I was beginning to hate the characters yeah. in the, book. in the yeah. books. Yeah. yeah. There were really only... I mean, the only characters, in my opinion, that I could feel any sympathy for in the series were the kids. And even then, only some of the kids. Yeah. Because Sansa was a... That Fuck changes. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if I Sansa. can even... Oh, yeah, Sansa. Yeah. Fucking Sansa. <laughs> I, like, first, first, like, hundred pages of the first book, I'm like, this this 11-year-old is a fucking twat. I can't even... <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's I about can't even handle this. I can't even handle this 11-year-old. <laughs> God damn it. I've never actually, that. like, I've never read the books and I've never seen the series, but all that I know, all that I know is that Joffrey is a dick. I'm totally on board with that. When he dies, spoilers. Satisfying death ever. I'm sure. It I was really okay. Is. So we had uh, a friend of ours actually. I would help, I would throw a party <laughs> to watch that episode again. A, a friend of ours, uh, Rich Perara, was doing uh, 100 Happy Days on Facebook, and um, a while ago, I, I checked my Facebook one morning, and he just had his, you know, and it was things like like we game with him every Monday, so sometimes it was like Monday night gaming session, you know, 100, 100 Happy, Happy Days, Days. hashtag. hashtag. And uh, one day I just log into Facebook and it was just the hashtag 100 happy days and a screenshot of Joffrey dead. And I was like... The purple wedding. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't even had anything to do with Game of Thrones since I tried to read the first book, like, literally a decade ago. And I was like, <gasps> Joffrey dead! Oh my god! I was so happy! I'm really excited about it, that. It's a fantastic death, too. It's awesome. <laughs> I was so fucking happy. All right, I'm going to call it. All right. I got to pee anyway. Almost okay. 160 I apologize, all of you Game of Thrones fans. I apologize. I'm not sorry. If you want to send the hate mail, you can send it to three sisters weird at gmail.com. <laughs> Did you just do We're that? We're not sorry. All right. Uh. <laughs> they have witchcraft and stuff like that, which is a part of Satanism, too. That wasn't what? the right one. I hit the <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Speaking oh, that- of three weird sisters. Yeah, yeah right? In Dungeons & Dragons, what you do is to create a fantasized universe of the mind in which expediency to achieve your goal is more important than any kind of moral frame of reference to your actions. Everyone likes to kill stuff that's different from us and take its stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I I found this fantastic documentary on YouTube. Oh, God. Make a whole soundboard out of it. I I could. I I could. (laughs) I'd get sued. (laughs) When listeners of Happy Jacks are PG Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode 10 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Twin. I'm Maui. I'm Aya. 
And thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. And give the URL for your Kickstarter again. It's uh, tinyurl.com slash tnkickstarter. Thank you. <laughs> um, or you can find us at Facebook on tr- at True Neutral Comic or Twitter at True Neutral CMC. All right. Thank you for joining us. Have you guys back on again, please. Sure. That'd be great. Awesome. Yeah. I'll watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, excellent. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. So thank you for joining us, and we'll leave you with a song. And landed on the bed, the liquor scattering over Tim. The corpse revolves, see how he rises. Tim Finnegan rising in the bed. Saying, when your whiskey run like blazes, time and duel, you think I'm dead? Wipe with the, the dawn, I can see a partner around the floor, you try to shake. Wasn't it the truth? I tell you, lots of fun at Finnegan's way. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire.